Hi, I'm Aaron, and welcome to the Slim, Fitty, and Biggie Committee podcast, where me and my best friends, Danny and Matt, take a deep dive into hip-hop, the genre that has formed an integral part of our lives. Please like, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at the underscore Slim, Fitty, Biggie Committee, and stay tuned for any upcoming podcast news. Coming up on today's show, we have Big L one of the legends of hip-hop and his posthumous album, The Big Picture. All right, let's get into it. Here we go, another podcast. I'm actually starting to lose count with how many podcasts we're doing. I think this is the 10th album that we're reviewing. So this is number 10 and we've saved it for the one and only Big L and his posthumous album, the big picture, baby. Yeah, baby. Flamboyant, why'd you baby. pick this, Matt? Matt's in a mood. We've got him in a mood. It's good. Hopefully he uh, he comes up with something uh, funny this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I picked this album for a few reasons. The first being that I had never discussed this album with you, Danny, in particular, like we've discussed Big L before, but we've never discussed this album. We've only discussed his first album. Um, and I know that, the, and you and I both agree, the big critique in that album is that the beats suck. Yeah. Right. I already know. I already knew what would happen when we reviewed Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous, and it was just going to be that we just turn around and go, fire lyrics, shit beats, and that would have been <laughs> the discussion the whole time. So I was pretty set on doing Big L, especially because I also know that Matt has never listened to Big L. Like I know that he hasn't sat down and gone through his music and I thought that he might like it purely based on the punchlines and, you know, um, he is a punchline king and we'll see that moving forward. If um, I don't want to do a spoiler alert, but that is a bit of a spoiler alert early. Um, and I was just keen to get your thoughts. I was keen to introduce Matt to Big L, someone that we fought over in our hip hop draft. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I actually chose him before we did the draft purely huh. because of those reasons. Um, but yeah, that was why I just thought, you know, he's a legend. He's no longer with us. Um, I was just keen to see what your difference in opinion would be compared to his first album. And then I wanted to see Matt show us his opinion on um, what he thought of this album, purely based on never really listening to Big L. And I hadn't listened to this album back to front either. So, um, yeah, it was a good opportunity for me to kind of, you know, enjoy a bit of time with Big L and just appreciate what he'd done before he sadly passed away. Yeah. yeah. Or he was sadly murdered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For no Rather reason, apparently. A couple of blocks from his home. Yeah. In Harlem, maybe. Yeah. Matt, what did you know about Big L? Because obviously Danny and I have discussed Big L a little bit, but did you know much about him? Um, I didn't know a single bloody thing other than he was on Eminem's list of like rappers that he admired, I think. Yeah. Which I, list? He's like... Wait, yeah, Reggie, like... Jay-Z, Tupac, and Biggie, Jada from Outcast, Jada, Corrupt, Nas, and Nemi. He's not on there. 
No, but I feel no, like he Eminem also did it in um, what's it called? Patiently waiting. He didn't. Oh, well, yeah, he mentioned him. Yeah, yeah. he mentioned yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely but, like. But his list was in, 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 you know, that's what was that song? Till I collapse. Yeah. 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 He actually did a list, a real list. Yeah, it's um, in, when he's stirring him up in a pot. Sprinkle yeah, a little. Yeah, that's on patiently waiting. Yeah. Yeah, sprinkle a little big L on top. What the fuck what do you the got? Fuck you, got? you got the realest and illest killers tied up in a nut. The juggernauts of this rap shit. Like it or not. Hey. It's like a fight to the top. Jesus. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I am surprised that you haven't listened to him, having said that Eminem has mentioned him. Yeah, I know, but like Eminem like, is like a nerd. He's a, he's a hip-hop nerd. Yeah, he's a nerd, and that's cool, man. And like, that, that's an Eminem nerd. Yeah, so I'm, I thought when, when anything would be Eminem certified, you would turn around and go, I'm in. Yeah, that's why I can't trash this album. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but um, no, I like, I know nothing about him. I thought he was like a, I thought it was like a copyright situation against like the notorious B.I.G. and Big Pun. Like I was like, oh, like think of a more creative name, mate. Um, but, <laughs> I'm like, you know, oh, well, I'll call myself like, you know, Big Matt. Like it's just really? like a lame. Just like a lazy like name for like a hip hop artist, I think. Like don't don't just there are so many bigs out there, like and like also Yeah, but he was one of the original ones. No, but like no, but like especially coming up in the time of Notorious B. I. G. Like No, he was way before Notorious B. I. G. Okay. He was making songs in the early nineties. Okay, so I'm getting schooled here. But Yeah. (laughs) But like, I don't know, I just I didn't know anything about him other than Eminem had mentioned him. I knew that, like, he was obviously, like, one of the greats because um, he's, like, put in the list with, like, Biggie and Park and all that, like, and also the association with, like, his death and their deaths. Um, like, yeah, I knew he was something special, but I'd just never taken the time to listen to him. Um, but I wasn't, like, disappointed when Aaron um, selected the big picture. I was just... Um, I was cautious because I knew Danny had said, oh, well, I'm surprised you picked this one, like, because the first one would be, it would have probably been, in Danny's opinion, a better introduction to Big L. Um, so I was like, oh, well, maybe now after this one, then I'm going to want to go and listen to the first album. But then now that you boys both just said, oh, it's trash beats and, like, I'm a big fan of beats, so it's like, oh, well, maybe not going to listen to it then. No, but like the thing is, and I'll say this, what it teaches you to do is appreciate other things than just music because the music, like the tracks are still really good. Like they're still five-star tracks. And the thing is you really appreciate Big L's skill for for rapping when he kills shit beats. Like that was just our knock on him. Maybe you'll like the beats, but we just thought there's something that could have been done better but i still reckon if you like this album you'll like um his first one for sure okay yeah well what was your opinion daniel about uh, aaron selecting this album and not the first one yeah no it was strange because you know it's just a strange place to start when when really he only has these two albums but then again he really only has that first album because 
even this one was released a year after he died. So mm. really, you know, that debut album is his only album in a way. And I love that album so much. And and I'm I'm fam- I'm you know, I'm familiar with the big picture. And I've listened to it before and there are definitely what I could what, what I could say about it before I revisited it was that I knew there were songs on it that I really liked that I hadn't paid much attention to anything else. So yeah, I didn't really have an opinion on this on this album until I you know listened to it for this podcast. So mm. you're about to find out what I think. Yeah, and um, that was by hope that potentially Danny wasn't as familiar with this one as he was the first one. And therefore, like, I could find a new opinion. Like, I just didn't want to do an album that I knew Danny's opinion on already and one that I kind of already knew my own opinion on. And then it was just more of a podcast for you, Matt. I thought this one would be more interesting considering that it was made and finished after he died. I just wanted to see, like, we've never done an album like that. So I just wanted to see what the resulting feedback would have been. Or will be cute, but can I just also say this? How do you feel, Aaron, about an album that, like, well, I don't know how the, I don't know how it works, but like he died, but this album has still come out. So has he recorded these songs like prior to him dying, or have they like found? No, he things- recorded it after he died. He recorded no. all the verses after he died. It's really I'm not crazy. talking about that. I'm not. You know what I mean. I'm saying like, <laughs> he, like, because I'll touch on this little like opinion of mine a little bit later on track four specifically. But like, how do you feel about it when, if it was the case, like people like tracking down his shit and like chopping it up and mixing it all together to like make a song? Like, how do you? How does that make you feel? Like, I don't have a problem with it because there are songs here that I wouldn't have list- heard otherwise. And the fact that I get to hear more of Big L is, as a Big L fan, like, I really like that. Like, mm. if, if, the, if the choice that I have is that I don't make this album and the rest, everything that Big L has done in terms of all the underground stuff, all the mixtapes, like anything that he's been working on gets canned and never gets to see the light of day, then... I would much rather they do this type of album. It's definitely interesting. It's like, it's not very, it wasn't very common in hip hop to do something like this. So um, yeah, I think it's just interesting part of it, but I don't really have a problem with it because it gives me more of the music that I like. Mm. To Matt's point though, like in my opinion, anyway, you can tell with certain songs that this was clearly crafted after he died and that yeah. if he was alive, that song would not come out the way it sounds now. Yeah, which agreed. Is, which is weird. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Just I, I, part of me, I didn't really think about it until like t- towards the end of my review. I was like, this isn't a, a part of this album might not be very organic. It might not be natural. It might not be the way Big Al wanted it to be. Yeah. I don't like, think it's very natural at all in a way, I, I really could not tell you what songs were actually made and complete before he died. Maybe none of them. Like, I have a feeling that maybe for a majority of them, he had some verses lying around and then, you know, Primo, 
Pete Rock just decided to put a beat under him. Yeah. No, there were definitely a couple that were done. A before. couple. A couple. Maybe Ebonics. Yes. But a couple out of 16. I don't know. I'm hoping the heist was done beforehand. I I'm think hoping. I think the story ones were. They sound like they were. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of that on here as well. Like, I don't know, I just but I get Aaron's point about getting more of an artist as well, like after they've passed away. But then another part of me is like, well, you kind of like, like how far do you go with it? Like, cause you could, you could probably find more Tupac stuff now and bring out more albums, but like, would that be doing a, a service to that artist? Like, or are you just trying to milk them? Yeah. It's definitely like, milking them. Tupac's yeah. been milked to death. He has, yeah. but there's a difference between him dying and they released literally the album within, you know, a short amount of short amount yeah. of time. True. Death and then releasing an album ten years later with the best like that's different to me. Mm. Like it's not like they did this ten years after. True. Like Miguel died February nineteen ninety nine, and this was released in two thousand. Yeah. So it's like literally, it like it it wasn't like they sat on it for ages and really had to you know go through so much deep shit that it took them five years to do it. And it was just a cash grab. I think part of it was like literally a bit of a tribute. And I mm. think we'll see that in this album, that it's almost tribute. On that last point on that then, like like one day inevitably it will happen, but like it'll be a very sad day for me. But when Eminem does pass away, he will have like so much content that he has not released. Like I know Danny said before, and I've heard as well, like there was supposed to be a second relapse, like there's, there's, and there's so many other songs. Like apparently like someone said to me, I don't know if it's you, Danny, he was like, he had like 180 songs for like one album, but then like would comb through them all. Like yeah. imagine the content that he would have that hasn't been released. Like, would I mind if like that happened in that case? And like the answer is, is no with like a condition on it that like whoever produces them or, or puts the tracks together knew him well or had like a connection to him so that they would understand like the type of music of his that he would want to have released, if any. Um, yeah, but my argument to you, the only argument that I have is Eminem has released a lot of music. So Eminem is, if anyone is the exception to the rule, he is it because he has released so much music like big l barely released any music so it makes everything like the holy grail in a way like it just adds a little bit more like everything he did has a little bit more depth to it only because that's all we got whereas with mm-hmm. eminem he's got countless album after countless album so in yeah. that way there's a difference between the two that is true but like it's each of their own i think if you love an artist you'll obviously want more that's every fan. Every fan wants more of the artists that they love. Not if it's to the detriment. Not if it makes me hate their shit, though. Not if it's like, oh, you're just trashing them now. Yeah, but I, I don't think that anyone, like anyone, releases music in the hope to trash an artist. Like, if you release an Eminem album, I'm sure like the people who do that don't want to trash Eminem. It may mm. work. It may not. That's a different story. And I guess we'll see in this one if it works. Absolutely. Well, I think that's one of our longest intros and it leads quite well into track one of 
Big L's The Big Picture, uh, the intro. Aaron should um, jump in or stroll into this one. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take this one off your hands, Matt. Um, track one, obviously the album that I chose, um, and it's I really like this beginning, like as the skit where, you know, you hear the whole crowd and they're saying, put your L's up, don't put them up for LL Cool J, it's not for the losers, it's for Big L. And I just like that they build up the crowd and then you've got that gangster um, full clip sample, which I just love that beat. But it just says, Big L, rest in peace. And then it's just so good. Like, I just love that build. Um, it just really works for me. And I literally would never skip that intro. Um, but I actually looked into it. Did you know, Danny, how um found out about Big L's death? No. So apparently he did an interview and he said, that um, he had a girlfriend visiting from Japan and he was actually having sex with her at the time. And then, like, he he had pages because at the time they didn't have cell phones and they were having sex and the pager just kept going off and off and off. Mm. Um, and, then, and then he stopped and he had to... And then he said one of his friends was like, please don't tell me Big L is dead. And then Premier called DJ Finesse and his girl said that Finesse was sleeping and then Premier was like, all right, fine. If he's asleep, it obviously doesn't, like, it's not yeah, real. But yeah. then, then he properly heard about it and he was just like, he rolled he rolled to where his body was um, and he saw the body and he just like, he just said it was one of the most devastating pieces of news he's ever heard. Oh, and yeah. like, yeah, especially because they were very close, DJ Premier and Big L. Were they? Yeah, apparently they were looking at doing some shit together. Yeah, well, clearly according to this album, yeah. But they, did, they didn't yeah. work together on the first one, so. No, they didn't. Yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah, the most random way for anyone to find out that someone died is mm-hmm. literally literally that way. But, um, yeah, then he heads into a, a, a small verse from Big L, and I think he literally does what we expect him to do. Mm. Like he, he just is braggadocious. He tells you, he's like, what's this motherfucking rap game without L that's like jewels without ice. That's like China without rice or the Holy Bible without Christ or the bulls without Mike or crackheads without pipes, the village without dykes or hockey games without fights. Don't touch the mic. If you're unable to split to spit flamboyant is a label I'm with motherfucker. That to me sums up Big L. He is braggadocious. He is saying that without him, there is nothing the same, that all these things is the perfect equivalence. Um, And what's interesting as well is that when he made Flamboyant Records, he actually said that he planned to distribute the kind of hip hop that sold without top 40 samples or R&B hooks. Like, that was his vision for the label. Mm, I like that. So, and I, I'm a big fan of that as well. Like, he wanted to have a pure hip-hop track. Um, and I think that in all his music when he was alive, he, like, adhered to his vision. Um, and I think a couple of songs on this we'll discuss later don't stick to that. Mm. But 
it's just cool to me that, you know, he really was about the art. It was, it wasn't just about making money. He really wanted to do his best and what he thought was best in music. But overall for this intro, I'm giving this five stars because it starts perfectly for this type of album. Yeah, I am with you, Aaron. This is obviously, obviously five stars. Because of everything you said. Obviously, obviously, obviously. Like the intro, yeah, gets me so high. Primo yelling, big L, big L, big L, big L, big L, rest in peace. I mean, it's just the perfect intro. It's so good. And then the beat transitions, you know, from full clip, classic DJ premiere, into like this completely original, amazing new primo beat for Big L to absolutely murder. And and the scratches are dope, like not going to complain about that. Like everything works and you get quotables straight out of the gates. Like I love the op- the very opening lines when he goes, you know the game plan, C-Town, that's my main man. We never bring luggage. We go shopping when the plane lands. Yeah. That is so funny. That is just like, imagine <laughs> the confidence and being so rich. That like, you don't bring luggage. You buy everything when you get there. I love that. <laughs> um, That'd be yeah, fun. It's just, yeah, it's such a one-verse wonder. Um, and yeah, that the entire second half of the verse that you quoted is just amazing. And I have to admit something that's kind of embarrassing. Many years ago, um, I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> I used to love updating my Facebook status with rap yeah. quotes. And I remember. I, yeah, but I I used to try to pass them off as my own. Like I used to, you know, claim that they were mine or whatever. Um, so I put a little twist to it. So I, I took I took this big L quote, the you know crackheads without pipes and all that. Yeah. And I I added my own little twist. So, uh, and I remember this so clearly that I had to dig it up. So I went back into my Facebook timeline. I'm going to read you the status update that I wrote back in 2012. Oh, no. I'm so excited. This, this is, is what I wrote. Very bad. This is what I wrote. Okay. Word for word, this is exactly what I wrote. Try to imagine China without rice, a freezer without ice. <laughs> <laughs> Yahtzee without dice, crackheads without pipes, a zebra without stripes, a gay club without dykes, a triathlon without bikes, a marriage without fights, the Bible without Christ, a status without likes. (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. You had enough there not to just copy it. Yeah. Yeah, like I really worked hard at that. And I was like, oh, this is going to be gold. This status without likes, this is going to rake it in. And yeah, that, and did you get? that beauty, that piece of gold earned me a whopping six likes on Facebook. <laughs> and who were those likes? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you one of them was Matt. One of them was Big Matthew. And one of them was not Aaron. Aaron deemed Ooh. it unworthy of even a pity like at the time, but Matt Matt chucked me a little pity like. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. I'll give you a like uh, posthumously. Yeah, thank you. Aaron needs to now go back and find that post and like it. Yeah, please do. But anyway. Like bring it back to light so other people can see it. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. And then like he gets like a, a million likes then. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway. Uh, Gonna go and find Danny's post. Good luck. Yeah, no, I'm private. I'm private on Facebook, baby. You got to be. Some of those posts you used to do, they were embarrassing. Yeah, I know, and they weren't even original. I was just like cut, cut and pasting shit off the internet. But anyway, um, yeah, I've seen Song is absolute seen gold. Mate, can you stop interrupting me? How sorry. dare you? <laughs> you wait your turn, boy. I'm so excited. So yeah, interruptions. <laughs> interrupts anyone but now Matt put stay in your lane mate stay mate, in your lane mate, he's, got, he's got verbal diarrhea tonight I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> no I just I just wanted to say it's five stars and that's it and now you can talk I just want to say that there's like a video somewhere on Facebook or YouTube or whatever where like this rapper um, or the, just this person goes up to like famous rappers and like, oh, check out my bars. You ready? Like, yo, like. I love that video. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and, then, and then the guy literally spits that rapper's bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like half three of the rappers like, yo, man, they're my bars. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and, then, and then the rapper's just like, no, 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 let me go, let me go. And he like keeps on spitting his bars. Yeah. He goes to like actual like big rappers. He goes to like Jada Kiss and he goes to I don't know Waka Flocka Flame and stuff like. And stuff. Yeah. But I think I think he's he must be like in with those people. Like he must be they must be in on the joke. I don't know. Yeah, well, you wouldn't get access to those people if you were just some random. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, these rappers like these. Some of these rappers do take it very seriously, but it's funny because like at the start they're like just intently listening. Like, oh yeah, yep, yeah, show me your bars. Like, I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> and then like when Danny like just said that thing about the post I was just like oh I can just imagine like you know him like sitting with Big Al he's like oh Big Al check out my bars mate you would be doing a po- post what's it called a posthumous album Danny if you did that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah anyway alright is, is it my is it my turn yes. no let's move on Okay, all right, everyone moving on. Oh, all right, ready to trash it? Yeah, I hope so. I want to get yeah. some controversial opinions going. Oh, they will be controversial. Yeah. Don't you worry about that. I don't, th- I don't think there will be. Yeah, I don't think there will be either. <laughs> <laughs> no, or maybe there will be. I don't know. This sounds like Matt, he likes to do this. He likes to build up the hype and then under-deliver. <laughs> under-deliver. Yeah. Well, I'm going to under-deliver. Because I do like this intro a lot. Oh, no. Makes you feel like you're actually there at at a concert where Big Al is about to come on stage and perform. That's like what the initial feeling was from this intro. But then it gets even better. Oh. It gets even better. It switches to this polished and professional I would say like part two of the intro, like it feels like it's split up into two parts, um, which like just gives you this smooth scratched up beat. And like Aaron said, those braggadocious lyrics 
that Big Al delivers with confidence and ease. My favorite lyrics from this intro are the ones that Aaron mentioned and the ones that Danny plagiarized. Especially all the bulls without Mike. Because, oh God! Here we go. He watched. Yeah. He watched one documentary, and now any line about Michael Jordan is he's going to point it out. All right, here's a question for you, Matt. Let's see if you really know. This should be an easy question. What sport did Michael Jordan play after basketball? He played baseball. Yeah, he's done it. Why, would, real- why wouldn't he know that? He watched the ten-part documentary on Netflix. Of course, he knows that. I just wanted to see if he did know that because if he didn't, I'd, we could shut him down. But I don't know enough about Michael Jordan to give him enough other questions. So. Oh, God. Yeah, but let's let's hear a little recap. Aaron, have you, watch, have you watched it yet? No. Oh, okay. Anyway, moving on. Um, but Wait, like, you were going to make a really good point about I was going to make a really good point. So, that, so Michael Jordan was at the Bulls for 13 years essentially, where he played. Mm, how do you know this? Um, well, well, I watched this like documentary. I think, I think really? Called, yeah. yeah. I think it was called The Last Dance. I think it's on... Never Netflix. heard of it. Never no, heard no, of it. Like, I, I think anyone who hasn't watched it is like wasting a part of their life, to be honest. So, like, <laughs> you Aaron, know. you loser. You are a waste of space. Um, uh, I pretend like you've watched it. <laughs> there are people who like who will say to me like, "Oh, I'm just not in like a basketball like mood at the moment, or like I'm not oh, in that." What phase. kind of person like, would that be? And, like, you know, for people who say that, it's just like, well, like this is like the phase that you need to be in because like yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. in that phase, but like I got into it, and I'm so thankful I watched yeah. it. And now it's you are it. heading to the NBA, aren't you? Like going to the Lakers yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. But anyway, I just want to say my point. My point is, in the first three, um, the first three championships that they won with Mike, it was like you know he was an integral part of the team. Then Mate, you know a lot left, about basketball. You know left, a bloody hell of a lot about basketball. This is weird. Um, we shut this guy up. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, how, like, you know I like cut Danny off once, <laughs> and then like he proceeds to cut me off like a million times. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, look, I've just forgotten what I was going to say, so we're just going to move on. Um, <laughs> Wait, how many know? championships, though? How many championships? <laughs> the first three that they won, it was pretty, like, you know, like it was, like, amazing. It was like, wow, the Bulls have now won three in a row. Then he left to go and do his baseball thing and, you know, have a break from basketball, and they didn't do as well. In fact, they didn't win a championship that year. And then he was enticed to come back, but I say he wanted to come back. Like he genuinely missed basketball because like he was good and at you baseball. Would know. You would definitely know. You watched the documentary. So. Yeah, he was, he was good at it. But like he, he wasn't as good at baseball as he obviously was at basketball. So he went back and like then again, they won three premiership, um, th- not premierships, three championships. So it's like literally that, that lyric there, like without Mike, the Bulls like wouldn't be – wouldn't wouldn't have been nearly as successful. They don't get me wrong. They had fantastic players, but Mike just brought this other next level energy to the team and this yeah. expectation that they would win no matter what. Yeah. Like, do you think do you think China would be as successful without Rice? 
No, because like economically, like that's one of their biggest um, like um, sale, sale points, isn't it? Like they, they yeah. think about rice production. Think or what about like think about a freezer, but like without ice. Like if you didn't have <laughs> if you didn't, if you didn't have ice in your freezer, all your shit yeah. wouldn't stay cold. So like, like yeah, that's you know, insane. What would be the or like? What about what? No, this will blow your mind. What about a zebra without stripes? Like it just <laughs> literally. It literally be a, a like a white or a black horse. I don't know whichever one you prefer. He's on fire. Yeah. He's on bloody fire tonight. <laughs> uh, this is a five star intro. You whoa. wouldn't skip, and it's perfectly um, put together with like a live skit and then like a professional polished um, part two of the intro. So yeah, next. <laughs> it's a good start. It's a bloody good start. So leading, it leads well into track two, Ebonics. Danny, do you want to kick this off, baby? Yeah, why not? Um, let's get this shit out of the way. Can you explain <laughs> what the title of this track means? What's it a reference to, please? Well, why don't you do it? No. No, me either. Um, wait, Ebonics is just like slang. What do you mean? No, it's, just it's like- actual... I think the connection is to the English word phonics, which um, is like the sounds of words. So yeah. like the, you know how like letters make sounds. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a play on that, which I think is really cool because um, obviously phonics is like the study of words or the sounds that words make. Um, and how do you know make. that? How would you know that? Can you know. explain to me how you would know about phonics? Um, oh, like I know this, like this teacher, and they told me about it. Oh, uh, is the way you know them? You look in the mirror. No, um, no, no, not me. I'm not. I'm not a teacher. You're such yeah. a good teacher. Come on, come on. Let's, no, it's time no, to tell no. the world. It's time to tell no. the world. Confess how good of a teacher you are. Come on. No, no, I'm an engineer. I'm a civil civil engineer. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you were that quick to come up with a lie like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Never oh, underestimate my ability to uh, tell a little white lie. All right. So, have you have you are you finished with your rude interruptions? Or I, I might cut you off a couple more times. Oh yeah, shit, shit, shit. All right. Anyway, ebonics, uh, also known as ephonics, according to the best teacher. Um. <sighs> Yeah, this is this is one of those songs for me, um, where the gimmick wears off after the very first listen. I'm done after the first listen. Like, also the beat is completely uninteresting, which doesn't help matters either. And there's actually a DJ Premier remix of this song, which appears on the the DITC album, which I think came out the same year. So there's a remix where with DJ Premier, um, which elevates the song only slightly because this song, you know, it's hard to elevate it based on the content because, like, this song is basically Urban Dictionary, the song. That's what yeah. it is. And, you know, some lines are okay. Like, you know, if you got robbed, you got stuck. If you got shot, you got bucked. If you got double crossed, you got fucked. Like, you know, it's okay. It's, it's you know, 
he's explaining he's he, he's a walking thesaurus on this song it's it's okay some 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 lines are interesting you know i've got to mention this one yo yo a burglary is a joke a wolf's a crook mob deep already explained the meaning of shook right, i knew you would do that oh you know i know i had to say it like but but then you've also got really basic shit like your tick is your heart, your apartment is your pad, your old man is your dad. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I have that too. Who sh- who needs that shit explained? Like that's that's hardly ebonics. It's just basic slang. And you know when he's explaining slang words that are completely obvious, it just feels so unnecessary and a waste of time and a waste of bars. Um, yeah. So, you know, even if you didn't know a lot of the slang and you actually learned a few new terms, that's fine. But there's just no replayability to the song. Once you know the words, that's it. Like, you don't need to be repeatedly hammered in that, you know, your old man is your dad. Your old man is your dad. All right. Thank you. Move on. You, you just are not going to gain anything on a second listen of this song. And the concept might be original, but like it's almost not even that clever because it doesn't work. So it's one of his more popular songs, but for me, it doesn't work. I'm going to give it three stars. What a hater! Mm. Yeah, Matt, Mister Mister Teacher himself. What yeah, did you think? Yeah. Just for the record, guys, I'm not a teacher. I'm a civil engineer. But anyway, <laughs> so. Oh, it's really. I, I'm a bit shell shocked, actually. I, I think really throwing a spanner in the works. I think me and me and Aaron have, have talked about this song before. I think this is the one song me and Aaron have talked about before. So I think he's yeah. going to have the same opinion as me. But me in the conversation. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, we weren't talking about Eminem, so you tuned out. You were there. You just tuned out. No, we, Danny. No, you and I went on a drive. It was just us two. Like yeah, this was you were already away. Matt. Um, oh, I guess I'll take it away from here. Uh, this song is, in my opinion, so cool because it's it's a concept song that I have never heard before. So like Danny said, it is very original. And what makes it so cool is that it literally explains gangster vocabulary compared to everyday English vocabulary. And I think that is really intelligent of big l intelligent for multiple reasons firstly because what he's essentially doing is he's opening his music up to such a wider variety of people because obviously the people who will naturally gravitate to his music first are people who uh enjoy hip-hop and usually people who enjoy hip-hop uh you know the criminal slang that is referenced is, is like Danny said, you know, nothing new to them. They know that. And, you know, obviously Danny's, a, you know, has served his time on the streets and, you know, yeah. know this t- terminology very well. So this song is kind of boring to him. I get that. But, <laughs> but for a lot of other people, like this uh, type of slang is, is needs explaining. And, I think that Big L is perceptive of that and that's why he chose to do a song like this so that he could still spit his gangster underground shit without having to 
change his language, but also throw in this song to explain what that language means. Second point why he's so intelligent is because the placing of this song is impeccable. Being the first like track of the, the album, it literally paves the way for all the slang that he's going to use in the coming songs. So it's essentially, um, it's essentially giving you the tools you need to access this album and, and the, the things that he's going to say on it. So I think it's, it's so smart. I think the beat is hard as fuck. The hook is simple but effective. Um, and I also think that the transition to the next song is as good as it ever gets. It was executed so seamlessly that I didn't even notice it on the first couple of listens. I didn't even notice it had gone to the next track. My favorite lyrics for their delivery, because I've got two, two different parts here. So for the delivery are, and if you got robbed, you got stuck. If you got shot, you got bucked. And if you got double cross, you got, mm. like that is just like, I, I, like that was hard. He delivered that so hard. Well, my favorite. Well, I, lyric, missed, I missed the last word. Did you? What was the last uh, word? It's the F word. It's the F word. What? <laughs> How dare you? My favorite lyrics for their clever shout out are the ones that Danny mentioned, the mob deep ones. That was just really clever. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this song, and anyone who gives it three stars is out of their mind. This Ooh. is a five star song for sure. Let's go, baby. Keep them coming. Moving into track two, Ebonic. So uh, this, I'm, I'm in the middle of, of you two. So I'm not giving it five stars. I'm not giving it three stars. I'm giving it four stars. I'll tell you why. So I understand, you know, where you're coming from, Danny, where you're like, you know, it's just a dictionary. But I feel like you're missing a beat here when he says, like, this is Big L turning around and going, um, I am so straight. This is this is how straight I, I am. I know all these all these meanings. I'm not just rapping about it. I grew up on it, and I know it for real. And so it's almost like a he's showing his straight cred in this track, and I really like that. I think the beat is boring, as it is just the same thing over and over again. Um, I just think that in that sense, it's a, it's a little bit, it misses something. It's not as dynamic as it should be. Um, and I like the sample. Like it samples, it ain't hard to tell by Nas and the hook works and it's just like, you know, like there's just something about that where he's proud of where he comes from. He's, he's not hiding behind anything. He's just owning where he comes from. And, yeah, he has some corny lines. Like the worst one is your old man is your dad. Like we all know that. Like that's not a straight thing. That's an English thing. Um, but he also has like lines like Max mean to relax guns and pistols is gats condoms is hats critters is cracks. Like there's just some cool words in there. There's just, I like just going through and just listening going, can, do I know what they all mean? Um, and interestingly, Big L was also awarded an honorary hip hop quotable from source magazine for the first verse. So, um, yeah, you were right, Danny, this track is, was very well received and is one of his most pop, popular songs. But I think, you know, just going through it as a track, I think 
it doesn't reach the heights of a five-star track, but I think it definitely has replay value and therefore four stars. Mm. No, that's, that's, that's my issue, is that I think there is literally no replayability. That's why I gave it three stars. Well, then, yeah, how, ma- how many times can you kn- can he tell you that, you know, a hotel is a telly, a cell phone is a celly? Like, once I know that, I don't need to listen to this song again. Yeah, but in the same way, you could say that with every song. Once I know the lines... No, but this is, a, to- this is a specific gimmick. He's literally doing something very, very specific. And once you know what he's doing, it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I guess. I just like the delivery of it, and I like what he does on it. So for me, it has the replay value, not because I'm going to learn anything new, but purely because yeah. I like what he does on the track. And I guess because like the gimmick doesn't doesn't necessarily work for me, then what if it, then the beat's not bringing me back. So you know, even the beat's not good enough to bring me back. So there's yeah, just a lot of things going against it. It should be a two then for you. It should be a skipperoo. No, but it's okay. Like it's it's original. That's the thing. It's like no one's done this before, mm. and you know, he he tried it, and for me, it doesn't work. For a lot of people, it does. Yeah, and for Matt, it works, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. Very disappointed. <laughs> so Matt, you were talking about you know the transition into the next track. So I think it flows really well into track three. Size them up. What was that transition, and what do you think of this track? That transition was, as I said before, seamless. Didn't even notice that there was a new song. And the beat is just, it, I think it bangs just as hard as the previous song. And that was a highlight for me of, of, of this track, track three. Um, the ebbs and flows of the drops, I really enjoyed. Kept me wanting more of, of that. Um, again, the hook, a simple and effective hook. Um, but I like the reference to um, All Eyes On Me, Park's album. Um, Lyrics-wise, Big L is continuing to impress me. Um, he has that sm- silky smooth flow and a very, like, his delivery, is, is you can tell it's with conviction. It's, it, it's powerful. Um, the content of the song, obviously giving props to his hometown of Harlem, and he's continuing with his bragging about his popularity and his skills. My favourite lyrics are "Peace to Biggie and Puck" because they were were re, they really were hot. Rap game heavy hitters. It's a shame they no longer with us. Um, ends want a BL, ladies want a CL. If I go to jail, you wear a shirt saying "Free L." <laughs> um, so I thought that was like funny. Um, that was like the first part was like a serious and like homage, pay respect to Biggie and Puck. But then the second was funny. Um, so yeah. That that one-two transition of Ebonics into Size Em Up is the best transition that we'll see on this album, and I would never skip those two songs. Um, that's this is another five-star track for me. So we've got three in a row, baby. Let's go! Come on! <laughs> I 100% agree. Like Big L really sized him up on this, and he went straight for the jugular. Like he murdered this shit. This was gangster, it was braggadocious, it was punchlines left, right, and center. And this is exactly what we've come to know from Big L. Like, this is exactly what we expect when he gets on a beat. And this beat is way better to me. It's more dynamic, it has drops, it sounds really good. 
and the hook is slightly wordy in a way. Like it's a little bit too wordy, but purely based on the content and the lyrics, I'm willing to forgive that and I'm going to forgive that for this track. And I'm also going to say, if I can steal a daddy reference Mm. and say, if you look at these, how he opens the track, his first bars, he is on some prodigy level shit right there. Uh I'm deadly when I pull the pen out, keep fronting. I'm going to try a chin out. I knocked a lot of men out. I left them on the floor spitting phlegm out. It's either that or I'm going to squeeze the gat and pop 10 out. Oh, like, oh, that is nasty dog. Mm. This is delivery. This is punchlines all day. And this is five stars. Like he sized them up and he murdered everybody on this. This is Big L at his best. Boom. There we go. All right. Let's move on because Danny's going to give this a two. So (laughs) there is no way he's going to give this a two. There is absolutely no way. Well, I'm going to, you know, upset you, Aaron, though. Because, yeah. (laughs) I I have a feeling now I know know how this review is going to go now, and it's going to be me versus you two now. Um, So this is another extremely mediocre instrumental from Ron Browse, baby. Um, For me, so, so... like, oh, it's hard because you're not going to be on my side now. So everything I'm going to say, you're going to disagree with. But, like, there is such a noticeable difference between the intro produced by DJ Premier and the following two songs produced by Ron Browse. I agree. I, I definitely agree with you that production-wise, DJ Premier is the best on this album. Far and away, hands down, without a doubt, Primo delivers in spades on this on this album. And Ron Browse does what he does best by providing the most average, mediocre beats he could come up with. Um, so the hook isn't catchy at all. It's just there. There are a couple of cool lines. I will give you that. Um, you see Corleone, ice spinning, jigged out, white linen. And if a bitch don't like me, she must like women. It, that makes me laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> yeah. Literally every time. Yeah. That's just like, it's just humorous. It's just, you know, clever. Um, the Biggie and Park line, I like that. Just because it's like, it's kind of sad. Because by the time this album came out, Big L was also no longer with us. Yeah. And he's like saying Biggie and Park were no longer with us. And when the album came out, he was already no longer with us. He was one of them. So sad. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, like this song to me is actually painfully mediocre. And the instrumental is what really, really drags this song down. I'm really not a fan, but like Big L does does his best to to save it. I'm giving it three stars. Big L is so good on it. Like he's so good on it. I don't know. I don't know about that. Like I, I, I'll admit I missed that actually those opening lines. The way you said it made me appreciate it more. But other than that, and the lines I picked out, I don't think there's much memorable. Like he also says, crazy beefs got provoked in the past. 
a lot of wigs got split. A lot of innocent kids got hit. Yeah. Like, he he has heaps of bars here. Yeah. Like, I feel like you, you miss some, and he talks about, you know, money, like, you know, it's all about the Benjis, so why your bill's got Washington's face? Yeah. It's okay. You know what I think this could be, Aaron? Because when I was listening to this, as given that I haven't listened to Big Al ever before, I got like Mob Deep like vibes, and I think this could be on some like Mob Deep shit for Danny. Like he oh, could yeah. be comparing Big Al, he could be comparing <laughs> Big Al to like like Prodigy, and you know I feel like no one's ever going to be on their level, and I feel like because like I don't know for me Big Al and Prodigy they have a similar sound. Like, no, nah, they do completely different things. You don't reckon, you, but like uh, the braggadocious, like gangster, like rap. That's that's what Big nah, Al's doing. Nah, 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 nah. Not not as braggadocious in a way. Like Big L's punchline kings. Like he's just got punchlines for days. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I don't know. Maybe it's also it might be the delivery of of on the on that track anyway. The delivery just the the punchlines weren't even landing for me like you were saying them and when you read them out slowly it's like okay i can see how it's you know it can be can be uh interesting lyrics but when i was listening to the song i was like well they're all just passing me by i'm not i'm not like going ooh after every line i'm just like all right they're just passing me by and only that yeah. that one line or couple of lines stuck with me that's just it, it surprises me as all. I really expect you to love this track. Well, the, the instrumental you know. drags everything down, and like, yeah. it makes everything worse. So, yeah, I've just overlooked it to be honest. Compared yeah. to Ebonics, this is a much better beat. Ebonics is trash, but anyway. Oh no, that beat Look, is garbage. Ron Browse is one of the worst Ron, producers I've ever. Ron heard. Browse is a legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. name, name another beat not on this album. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that one. Cheers, mate. You always do this. You always open yourself up to saying people are legends and then we always quiz you. <laughs> yeah. you he, so did, he did actually do Ether by Nas. <sighs> Ron Browse, if you're, if you're listening, you know, we'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> we'll take what we can get. <laughs> All right, track four, Deadly Combination. Who wants this? Bad boy. Well, I, I think I know. I know the way this album review is going to go now. So let's just get Danny to go first every single track, so we can get his track <laughs> review out of the way. And then Aaron, you and I will give it the real review. I almost want it to be the other way around, where I go last the whole time because you two are going to praise everything, and then I'm going to trash it. No. Let's just see, Danny. You can go first this time. All right. All right. The deadliest of combinations. Um, what I'll say is. You wouldn't expect the combination of Tupac and Big L to work so well, but it kind of does. Um, the beat is not amazing or anything, but for me, it's a big step up from the last two tracks. So the piano makes for a pleasant beat, and so, you know, I'm just so happy after the shit that Ron Browse was giving us that I'm, I'm satisfied. And I really love what Tupac is actually doing here. Like he's spitting that paranoid gangster shit. And one of the best things about Tupac is that he delivers his lyrics 
with so much passion. Like you believe every word he says, or at yeah. least you believe that he believes every word that he says. Um, yeah, really solid performance. And then Big L brings it home with just a short, braggadocious verse. Um, the quotable lyrics for me um, While y'all be on the corners, bummy and high, I'd be out buying the finest shit money can buy. You wish you was in the position that I'm in, hot rhyming, diamonds shining, autograph signing. My lifestyle is far out. Every week, bring a different car out. I go to nightclubs and buy the bar out. Pure braggadocious shit. Um, so that's that's my quotable. It's a fun little verse. His delivery though, hot rhyming, diamond shining, autograph signing. I just, know. Uh, that's that's just when worked. that's when my ears perk up. Like on size them up. The way he was delivering stuff, he was passing me by. But when he's going hot rhyming, diamond shining, autograph signing, it's like yeah, I'm listening. I'm here. You know, that's the difference for me. Um, but yeah, the verse is just too short. And there's there's also something kind of like off-putting about the whole song in general because we know that they were both already dead when this song was made. Like I highly doubt they would have collaborated while they were still alive. And it definitely feels more like some kind of marketing decision to put these two together with a couple of random unreleased verses. So yeah. it's it's just a weird song when you actually think about it, but I still enjoyed it. In my opinion, Tupac had a way bigger presence on this track than Big L did. Uh, he left a bigger impression anyway. Um, so he actually wins for me. I give Tupac the win over Big L. And I'm giving this one four stars. Ooh, interesting. He's jumped up from three, the average of yeah. three. That's right. Aaron. Nah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely jump in if you want me to jump in. But, um, yeah, I there's a lot that I agree with in the sense that when you look at the track listing and you know there's Tupac and Big L, you get excited to listen to this track. Um, and, like, this is, as you said, an interesting track in the sense that both of these rappers had already died by the time this track came out. Mm. Um, and this is almost one of the the tracks that, you know, paved the way for making tracks with, like, people who died. You know, they're like, Tupac hadn't been used that much until this track, and then I feel like people were like, all right, let's get on Tupac's, you know, verses and then put them in other tracks. Um, but... Um, I just like the idea of them just spitting fire. Obviously, you know, in real life it probably wouldn't have happened, but I just like the idea that in this alternate reality that we get to hear them together. And I just like imagining that, even if it's unrealistic. Um, and this beat works for me on this. It's got heavy drums, piano, and I feel like it's subtle enough by Ron G to let the lyrics and the delivery of both Puck and Big L really drive this track song, uh, track home. And Ron G, like that echo just sets the scene for, you know, something the whole world wants to see. And honestly, he's not wrong. Like it sets it up and I think Tupac gets the win as well. 
I think, he, as you said, Danny, his verse is way longer. He's saying, in my mind, like more interesting shit. Like he's saying more gangster shit. Mm. And that appeals to me way more. Big L is still bragging, but it's just not on the same level. So it's interesting which verses they chose of Big L's to put it up against, you know, Tupac. Yeah. I'm more interested in that choice than just, you know, it's not like they were in a studio and Big L lost the the track. It was literally they chose this verse. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure Matt will say the same, but Tupac clearly wins. There's not even, you know, a, a debate. But um, I just like the the Tupac lines, picturing pistols, spinning hollow points till they drill me, keeping it real, and even if I do conceal, my criminal thoughts preoccupied with keeping steel, see ends is false sitting in court, turn snitches, they used to be real, but now they're petrified bitches. <laughs> like, oh, just so good. Like, you can just picture that, the like, you know, there are snitches in court and they're scared because now Tupac is seeing them. Like, he sees the people who are writing, writing him out. And then he finishes his verse with, like, his signature laugh. Yeah. Fuck with me and have a hundred motherfuckers at your old doll with full foes. <laughs> yeah, and thug life. And that, to me just epitomizes Tupac so well. And after that, you know, as good as Big L is, he really doesn't compete in his in his verse. He just has a smooth flow and his, you know, he sounds good and his delivery is good, but content-wise it's not as good as Tupac and therefore Tupac gets the win. But oh. I'm giving this five stars as well. I have Jesus no complaints about this. Like I had listened to this song before like I already had this in my playlist and I love listening to this song. After we were review like after I reviewed it, I kept listening to it. Yeah. I love this track. Maybe you need to go and listen to a two pack album now, mate. Yeah. Well, maybe. maybe. Mm. This is a cl- have you give has everything been five stars? No, he no. did Ebonics, he gave four. Oh yeah. This is on track to be a Classic album, baby. Everything I've given so far is five stars, though. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. And I yeah. have a feeling this will be five stars as well. Well, your feeling is incorrect. Oh, a four star track for me. Um, pure mainly because what Danny was saying, and this is what I mentioned was talking about to you boys earlier about like making albums from dead people. Um. <laughs> I feel like it's, yeah, I feel like it's a money grab in some ways. And I feel like I wonder if the artist would have actually liked them to do that. And especially because both of them were gone. And then to name the track Deadly Combination, like get out rid of the L, you've got Dead Combination, what two dead <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't that's know, bad. I feel like they're, they're like, they're skating on thin ice with this track. Um, I know what they're trying to do, but I just... I think in some ways it's a little bit disrespectful. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And also, I didn't think about that until you said that, actually, Matt. Me either. I, I just literally was just like, oh, they're just saying that they'll together kill everybody. Well, Tupac, like Tupac literally says deadly combination. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, you can see it as they are a deadly combination. Like, damn, Tupac and Big Earl together, that is awesome. But the way Matt puts it, yeah, it makes sense that it's uh, not the – not the best choice. Yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, I, I also didn't like how they didn't give Big Al a long enough first. Like, th- that wasn't, like, 
there's no reason for them to do that. Like I think other than to like make it feel like oh Tupac was a bigger star, like a bigger like personality, give him more screen time or or mic time. Like yeah, I just didn't like that either. And now I'll get that was to take off one star. So I'll get that off my chest first. And now I'll talk about the good stuff. Um, this is a West Coast beat. And obviously I love that. So piano, drum, combo, it's a winner. I've said this like probably on every single podcast where there's been a West Coast beat. Um, Tupac has this like this coarse gangster and iconic voice that he could be spitting absolute garbage and like I'd still vibe to it. And I think a lot of people would still vibe to it. It's just like what I've found is Tupac like will often spit the same type of content, like the same shit. And like it can get you, you have to sometimes you have to be in a bit of a mood for it because like it's never really anything new. Um, and uh, granted that like he's not around today, rest in peace. But like he, he like in the time that he was around, I feel like he just sat on the same sort of content, which is okay if you're in that sort of mood. But for me, on this listen, I was just sort of a bit, I don't know, I, I was a bit like, oh yeah, like this is cool, like this is gangster, but like. I was more interested in Big L's verse and probably because we're obviously re- reviewing Big L. I thought Big L showed off um, a much better flow than, than Tupac. Obviously Tupac has the advantage with the voice that he has, but yeah, I think Big L has a smoother, like more collected flow. Um, my favorite lyrics from this were, I be that young, pretty fly, smooth, glorious kid, a bad boy, just like the notorious big, I rock a fella like Sean Carter with more game than, game than Ron Harper, the bomb sparker, rapper slash armed robber. I thought that was really like, um, that was really cool. Uh, don't think the track needs a hook and it doesn't have one. Uh, and yeah, Big Al should have had a longer verse. That That's back to that criticism I had. So for that reason, it's four stars. It's still a good track and I really like the beat, but yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a stretch for me this track, so that's it. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I, I guess I think it's hard because you know obviously neither Big L or Tupac had a say in this track, which is like the the thing that probably makes everyone feel a bit weird about it because both artists were just like well, they're no longer here and then they get put in a track together and then, you know, I'm sure Big L wouldn't say this is his best verse. So, yeah, I, I understand why there's like a little bit of trepidation. There's a little bit of like it just doesn't rub you up the right way. Mm. Like if, if, if Big L knew that he was going to be on a track with Tupac, I, like, I feel like he would have been like, right, I'm going to get on my best verse, like get on my best shit. Yeah, like, that, yeah. that happens actually. Now that you mention it, that issue occurs many times on this album where I feel yeah. like, you know, they've, they've dug up an old Big L verse and then they get someone, you know, a cool G rap, a Big Daddy Kane who, who gets to get on fresh, hear what Big L's, what, what verse they've dug up and then absolutely murder him. So we're yeah. going to see that. We're going to see that happening. Hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah. Moving from a track that was recorded and made after he died to a track that was made when he was alive and, you know, one that he had complete control on, we're moving to track five, the 98 freestyle. Danny, do you want to grab this one? I would love to. 
because and I don't know why. Yeah. Well, this is it. This is the one. The like six star track. Hell yeah! Like it's kind of a bad sign when a radio freestyle is one of the best songs on the album. Though. Um, like if someone came up to me though and wanted to know what Big L was all about, I would probably just show them this song. Like this would have fit perfectly on that first album if it was an actual song rather than a ripped for the radio freestyle. Like his punchlines are godly here. This is the kind of shit he is known for. Stuff like fucking punk, you ain't a leader, what? Nobody followed you. You was never shit. Your mother should have swallowed you. (laughs) That is so nasty, dog. That is one of the sickest burns you'll ever hear. Like, if that line was aimed at any particular rapper, like in a diss track, that would end their entire career. That line is insane. Mm. But, of course, there's the all-time greatest lyric from Big L, before I buck lead and make a lot of bloodshed, turn your tucks red, I'm far from broke, got enough bread, and mad hoes, ask Beavis, I get nothing but head. Like, that is Big L's most iconic line. It's brilliant wordplay. It's punchline rap at its absolute finest. This is why Big L is the all-time punchline king. And for my money, nothing else on this entire album comes close to the punchlines he has on this one freestyle. And this is absolutely five stars. Let's go! He's yeah. done it. He's finally done it. Well, this is the second one. Yeah, the intro is oh, yeah. fire. The intro is mm. absolute fire. Just have the intro and then 98 freestyle and that's the big picture, everyone. That's <laughs> not bad. That's not a bad EP, I'll tell you that. Aaron, I'll, I'll let you take this one away. No, you go. No, you go. No, you go. No, I want no, you, you to go. go. No, I want you to go. Why don't we all go together? Okay. All right. So this is a five-star track, baby. Straight up D-O-P-E bars here. That was my first thought. Um, He goes in hard and you cannot help but admire him while, of course, laughing at some of those bars because they are funny. Uh, I like the one Danny mentioned, but I didn't get it until I looked it up. So, like, I knew it was was funny, but I didn't know why until I looked it up. But I still like the mother should have swallowed you one better. Um. Mm. A simple beat here, but that's okay because it's a freestyle. It's championing his uh, his bars, so that's fine. No hook, doesn't need it. That's fine. Um, for their delivery, my favorite lyrics are, and I can't deliver them the way he does, but when he delivers these particular lines, it's fantastic. You running with boys, I'm running with men. I'm ripping mics up until I'm 110. Y'all have y'all ends like, damn, this end done it again. Like, And he does it like really like fast um and like that's like one of the only parts in the freestyle where he like really picks it up and yeah it was just really really cool for delivery um i also really really liked for delivery 
I'm making wonderful figures. I don't F with none of you ends. I might pull out this gun on you ends and rob every one of you ends. Like, it's just like, I don't care who you are. Like, I'm just <laughs> like, I'm, I'm that hard. I'm that bad that I'm just going to rob you all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. Um, and yeah, the favorite for their humor, of course, the mother should have slowed you on. So that was very funny. Um, that's five stars. Let's go. As Danny would say, let's do it. <laughs> so just for the record, I have one, two, three, Four, four, five-star tracks from the last five tracks and one four-star track. You are my hero. And I am going to agree with track five and also give it five stars because this uh, is amazing. So, so good. And this was actually recorded at the Stretch Armstrong uh, Bobito show over a Lord Finesse beat. But this beat is not that good. It's pretty trash, but this is the big L show. And this is one of his classic verses. Like, you could just listen to this freestyle all day. It's just so good. And as you said, Matt, I love that at the end he, like, speeds up his flow a little bit. Mm. Um, And this is just just a track about how many ways he's better than you. Um, And he... He says something that I found interesting in there. He's like, how come you can listen to my first album and tell where a lot of ends got that whole style from? It reminds me of Biggie's reference to you listened to my album, which is like you went back, listened, and studied shit. Mm-hmm. So it's got very similar themes that Biggie has um, when, when he was rapping and kicking the door. Um, and obviously, you know, Big L already has like pays homage to to Biggie and we'll see more coming down that there are definitely verses where he talks about Biggie and there's direct comparisons in my mind. Um, but yeah, this is so good. Um, and I just like, there's like track, like lines like forever hottie hunting, trigger temper, I'm quick to body something. You looking at me like I'm probably fronting. I fuck around and throw three in your chest and flee to my rest. <laughs> like, he just says it like he just fucks around and he shoots you. Like, it literally means nothing to him. Yeah. I, I just reckon this is absolute fire. This is absolutely amazing. Um, and this is Big L to the max is the only way to describe it. And it's five bloody stars. Let's go. <laughs> Where are we all going, by the way? Oh, God. We're going to, to, hold, it, to hold it down. That was oh. bad. That was he. Yeah, fi- was he bad. finally tried a little transition, and it epically failed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Track six, Holden, it down. Holden, Holden cars. Yeah, I'm gonna do the track. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take control. Me and Matt have been going back and forth. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? But I'll. Aaron and I have synced up. Oh, you guys are so cute. The question is, will we sync up on this one? Mm. Absolutely, we will. Mm, maybe. But produced by Pete by Pete Rock, this beat is okay. It doesn't blow me out of the water. It's better than the last on his freestyle, but his freestyle was still amazing. Um, and we have three features. Stan Spit, Andre the Giant, and Miss Jones, who's on hook duty. <laughs> is that his name, Andre the Giant? 
Yeah, it's actually Andre the Giant or AG. His actual name is Andre the Giant. Who was also I a never knew that. What? Yeah. It was the name that's of a different person. person. Oh, I actually didn't know his, if that's true. I'm still like, I'm pretty sure it is. I'm still like in doubt, but that's funny. And yeah, Miss Jones, who's on hook duties. So uh, let's talk about the, the hook because this is the perfect example of where we know what Big L's picture was for Flamboyant as a label. And he clearly said he didn't want R&B hooks. And what do they do? They put an R&B hook in this track. And I don't mind what she does, but it doesn't meet Big L's vision. And there's actually a different version of this track. Mm. It's a different version where instead of Miss Jones, they actually have a scratched hook and they sample Dr. Dre's Still Dre, mm. saying they want to know if, you, if he still got it. And it features Party Artie instead of Stan Spit. I don't know why they've chosen this version over the other version because it seems like they knew what Big L's vision was and they didn't meet it. They, I don't understand, like, and Stan Spit says that since L passed, ends expect me to make it happen. And so obviously this second version came after the, the other one. Like the other one was first and then they obviously for whatever reason, seems like they wanted to be able to sell it. Um, and so hence they added Stan Spit and they added this uh, bullshit R&B hook. Um, and Party Artie, in the original version, I'll send you guys after this podcast, his voice is so good. <laughs> it sounds dope. It's deep and it's rough and it just sounds like really hip hop. And like... I, I'm just praying that they couldn't do it because of like copyright or like sampling issues because that, that's big in hip hop and you know sampling Dr. Dre at that time. Dr. Dre was you know at the peak of his powers. He was doing really well, mm. um, and so yeah, I just don't love what they did here. And Stan Spit literally steals Party Artie's line. So Party. Artie says, you don't get another turn, game's over. No, no, sorry. Party Artie says, stack dough, pack fours in a Range Rover. Party Artie, the flamethrower, game over. Stan Spit says, in his verse, you don't get another turn, game's over. Here's my flamethrower, rearrange your Rover. <laughs> he literally stole that, that line and screwed it up. It's a worse version of that track. <laughs> and... Big L, he sounds good, but, you know, I'm just, I just can't get past the fact that they absolutely fucked this track up completely. They ignored his vision um, and they just, you know, they just did their own thing. I think it was more for marketing and it was more for just, you know, selling tracks. It's just disappointing. Um, obviously, you know, Big L, he sounds good. Um, I think, you know, in terms of my... My quotables, um, so all you unsigned cats want a battle, get a deal first. I sport the bulletproof, fitted with that, that attitude, you better get rid of that. Like I just love that he's like, get a deal first and then come talk to me. Mm. But overall, purely based on the fact that I know there's a better song and it's the exact same version but better and that they ignored Big L's vision for what he wanted with his music, 
this gets two stars. Ooh. Wow. It literally upset me because they ignored what he wanted and they literally fucked it up by adding an, a picture that wasn't there. They added, you know, uh, I just can't say how much, how disappointing it was. The more I re- looked into this track, the more upset I became. Huh. You're nasty, dog. Is he? Yeah, but, no, but you listen to that track, I'll send it to you and you'll agree with me. Like, how much would you have preferred a scratched hook with a sample from Dr. Dre? Well, you know me. I have a soft spot for little Ducky. <laughs> <laughs> As he's otherwise, otherwise known by all his friends. Yeah. Little Ducky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You're right. You're probably right. This is a four-star track because it is just... It's just different from the other songs that we've heard previously, but it's 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 still like it's welcomed. It's I I don't mind it, even though yes, it does have a more R and B feel. Like I I like it. I like that combination of R and B and hip hop. So the instrumental with that like wind instrument, it's like a trumpet or I don't know what it is. It, like that was really easy on the ear, as well as Miss Jones' delivery of that hook. So I liked it. Um. The, the verses from Stan Smith and AG and as well as Big L, they're all solid. But Stan Smith, Stan, Stan Spitz verse, I thought was the the least um, like admirable. I thought AG yeah. and Big L's were the best. Agreed. Um, I, I, for a I, second, I thought you were going to say Stan Spit had the best verse. I was about to like cry. <laughs> no, nah, that was bad, that one. Well, not bad, but I just didn't like it. Um my favorite lyrics from AG are still digging, still living, still given. Y'all, the ill written, still fucking like Bill Clinton. <laughs> um, and from Big L, my favorite lyrics are um, making figures while you broke cats, keep it real. L is rap's most liveliest cat. I'm getting stacks while you asking people, do you want fries with that? Yeah, I love that um, one. Yeah. That was very funny. Um, so, yeah, no, it, like, I mean, it's not a five star track, but it's not terrible. Um, I see what Aaron was saying about, like, you know, dissing um, Big L's beliefs about where, or his direction about where he wanted to go. But, you know, Juicy was Aaron beat up, and look how successful that song became. Like, I'm not saying this at the same level. Biggie was down for that. They did this after Big L died. And they just ignored his vision. And there's a song that adheres to his vision that is better. Like, it's just better in every way. Yeah, but, like, for, like, I don't know, for the ladies or for, like, other people, this song is probably more accessible. This song is... um, But he didn't want that. For Big Al, it was making the best music that he wanted. And he clearly, he, he said in his words what he wanted to achieve. And he wanted songs that didn't have this hook. And they ignored it. And they, it was a money grab that the, the people who made this album wanted, not the Big L wanted. And for an album that is supposed to pay homage, not to listen to what he wanted, it just it's just disappointing. Yeah, you're right. This whole album's a money grab, though. Like, and I feel like it's all, yep. like, it's like, like it's, as soon as he's passed, the, what he wants is sort of off the table. It's, it's more about who's pulling the strings. So, you know... Um, if he was still alive, would this song kind of come out? I don't know. Probably, probably, probably not. Like, Danny, I'm interested to see what you think 
of this. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, is this the first Pete Rock instrumental we've done for this podcast? I think so. He's another one of those, you know, legendary producers. He's almost on the level of Primo. He's he's pretty high up there. Um, he's made some pretty classic beats over the years, and this is not one of them. No. This is completely average. So disappointing. Our first taste of Pete Rock is a disappointing one. Um, yeah, like you, you guys said, Miss Jones Hawk, corny as. Doesn't fit the song at all. Doesn't fit Big L's vision. Trash. Um, and the thing is, I probably hold Big L to an unfairly high standard but there are no real standout punchlines on this song. Yeah. And that's not good enough when it comes to Big L. Like, there's no, it's just, there's nothing even close to Ask Beavis, I Get Nothing But Head. Nothing. Like, maybe the one, I, I did like the one Matt said, the L is rap's most live as cat, I'm getting stacks while you're asking people, do you want fries with that? It's funny. Yeah. But it's not really on the level. Of, of It's not on Big L level. No. Stan Spit, really boring. Delivery is super weak. Just not Agreed. a fan. Yeah. AG is a little bit better, but like nothing memorable, really. Um, it's not a terrible song, but I wouldn't revisit it anytime soon. I gave it three stars. Yeah, I think that's like, yeah, I think it's very fair, to be honest. But we had the whole spectrum. You know, I gave it two, Danny gave it three, and Matt, you gave it four. Yeah. yeah. And only I was right. Only I had the right answer. As per usual. For track seven, which is next the highest, I thought we might just put the highest in track seven and track 15 together and just discuss the beat at the same time. Can't do that. If that... If that makes sense to you, gents. It makes absolutely no sense, but we can do it. Wonderful. Track seven, the highest, also track 15, the highest revisited. It's the same track, just with two different beats. So, uh, Danny, why don't you kick this one off? I think, Matt, you're still getting yourself sorted. All right. Um, the heist. Ron Browse is back, baby. <laughs> Ron Browse is back with his signature sound. And that signature sound is being mediocre at best. <laughs> but this one isn't horrible, though. The fact that this is a storytelling song means that you don't really want a beat that distracts you from the lyrics. Yeah. So I'll give it a pass. Ron Browse, you know, you get a pass on this one. And it's cool to see Big L do something outside of just pure punchline raps. Like, it shows that he has you know, range. Um, he does the whole playing multiple characters thing, which is always fun on a storytelling song. Yeah. The story is pretty damn intense though. He basically ends up murdering his wife along with three others and then goes out celebrating after. Yeah. It's, it's kind of strange. It's dark and it's grim and I don't actually really know how I feel about it. 
Like he makes himself out to be a really cold-blooded killer who shows no remorse over killing his own wife. Yeah. And yeah, the story is like well told and it's easy to follow, but I'm not sure that it really ends on the right note. So it's uh, a good skill that he's showing off, his storytelling ability. Everything's clear, you know, you follow along, but I'm maybe just not a fan of the actual story being told, but I'll give it three and a half. That's fair. I'll challenge Danny's view on that track because you can't love Guilty Conscience where, like, you know, he's saying his darkest desires and then at the end the song's essentially condoning that and then, like, like saying, oh, these lyrics are a bit, you know, a bit harsh. No, but, but, but no, Guilty Conscience is done completely tongue-in-cheek. There's nothing tongue-in-cheek about this one. Mm. He's clearly joking on Guilty Conscience. This one is genuinely like, yeah, I just killed my wife. All right, I'm happy about it. All right, let's go. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I do, but I never even like, I didn't like, when I'm listening to this type of music. Yeah, because I you're t- a sociopath yourself. That's why you didn't realize <laughs> no, I take it all. I take it all facetiously. I take it all with a grain of salt. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's not actually going to go and do that. Like, I don't believe he would do that. Um, yeah, but he's making it out like, that is who he could potentially be. Yeah. Maybe. I didn't that's just like the difference. Did... That's just because you brought up the, the guilty conscience comparison. And I'm saying it's different. Yeah. 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 I can see how like, yeah. He, what I'm saying is like, I don't think like, I, I, I'm appreciating it for the song. It is like, it's, I think it's a really like good song. And like, I'm obviously not like, I wouldn't do the same thing that he did, but I think he's just trying to, like, what's he trying to do? I think he's just trying to, like... Kill his wife, I think. I think he's trying to kill his wife. <laughs> he is, but, like, what, you think he's, like, do you think he'd actually do that? No, I don't. But he's he's not joking about it. Like, he's like, oh, this is something that, you know, could, you know, potentially happen. Maybe not me, but a friend of mine could do this and, you know, whatever. There's a different tone in this. Yeah, I guess I, I I didn't like it. Didn't I? Didn't even consider that. I didn't even consider like all like that being like wrong. Like, of course it's wrong, but like, yeah, it just didn't. I didn't like. I thought it was five stars. I thought it was like perfect. A perfect like story just song. Like that beat. It was fast paced and bouncy. Like the they were gangster yet humorous lyrics. Like I I think it like it combines the two quite well. So I think that's why it made me like, I didn't take it too seriously. Like when, when he says <laughs> to what he says, so um, say no more, which one? Um, like he was so easily convinced by this guy, this friend that on the phone that like he saw his wife go into like this room with another girl and two other guys that like he didn't need any more details. Like he was just like, Let's go. Let's get him. Like, that's like ridiculous. And also, like, the end. Like, now that's four bodies, two out of towners, and two hotties. Like, the way he's even describing the characters, like, two out of towners, two hotties. Like, I feel like he's not taking himself seriously when he's like talking about the victims. Like, you know, and after that, we ain't sleep for three days. We hit the PJs, split the money three ways. Now we're all laughing hard. 
getting nice and weeded, celebrating ends, heist completed. Like, I don't know, I, I took it as like a, it's something you'd expect to hear in, in this genre of music. So, like. <laughs> There's maybe a, a, a different approach he could have gone with it. Yeah. Um, Delivery-wise, just like you're saying, just like going out celebrating after he killed his wife. I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way, the way he was talking about it. So what did you give it, Danny? Three and a half stars. Yeah. But like those two guys who he was talking about were like, weren't they from like another gang, like a rival gang, and like they were like drug dealers or something and like, you know. it's his wife, yeah. That's yeah, the part I'm stuck he on. He didn't shoot him. He didn't shoot him. The yeah, but he's celebrating thing. after he, she's dead anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just yeah, shows no like, remorse. Like, he just goes out, spends the money, and, you know, happily ever yeah. after. Didn't sleep for three days and heist completed. Yeah. yeah. I have no <laughs> issue. I have no issue with the content if it was – if he delivered it in an appropriate way. Yeah. Is it because it's like a little bit more, like it's like a fun tone. It's like a fun tone when it's like a more serious act. No, there's nothing fun about it. That's the thing. Yeah. He's not, he's not like making it jokey. He's saying it almost too seriously. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. But this is like, I feel like this is like one of the like centerpieces of this album, this song. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'd heard about this song before. Yeah, because Aaron mentioned it last time. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, then Aaron must must be giving it five stars. We'll see, won't we? Well, well, actually, before I jump in, do you guys have a preference of which beat you prefer, the first or the second one? Um, I'm pretty sure the Heist Revisited is even worse than this was, I think. Let me say. I was so annoyed. I was yeah. so annoyed. I was like, why did you even... I literally gave it one star, the second one, because I, <laughs> I was annoyed that they decided to do that because it was just so much worse. And it's like, why would you put such a worse... Like, literally the same track other than the beat. So I was like, nah, screw you guys, one star. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's definitely worse. And it's funny that, you know, the original is Ron Browse, who I don't like. But that that version, the Ron Browse version, is the better version. Yeah, I gave the, I gave the revisited three stars, and I gave this three and a half. But yeah, I mean, it is pointless. It's I shouldn't give it any stars. Yeah, I didn't give it any stars. Mm. But yeah, I agree. The Ron Browse version, the first version, is better than the Lord Finesse version. I don't know what the hell he did. So the original beat is better. It's just more ominous, um, heavy drums, and I think like there's a bit of piano in there. Yeah, I just like you know, it's the the work, the better of two evils in a way. Um, I just can't believe that Lord Finesse made a worse beat than this. So uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty big achievement. So well done to Lord Finesse for fucking up uh, the beat. But um, <laughs> did did any of you get feels to Biggie's "Give Me the Loot"? Yeah, because of the, the him playing the two characters and the fact that yeah. it's the heist. Yeah. So yeah, I get that. So the thing is, for me, I couldn't help but compare "Gimme the Loot" and this track. And as Danny, you know, I'm sure Matt, you already know as well. "Gimme the Loot" in my mind is one of the best Biggie songs he ever did. I love that concept, the back and forth, and that track is way more entertaining than this is. He does things mm. like 
big up, big up. It's a stick up, stick up, and I'm shooting ends quick if you hiccup. Like, I just love the flow that Biggie has. He has, there's just something about the way he delivers that track that isn't here. There's no real interesting back and forth conversations. Like, it's cool, but it's not that interesting. There's no, like, real personality in a way. I just think it's missing the the real kind of the the juice that makes it really pop. It's just a little bit like he was trying to do what Biggie did but just didn't achieve. And it just didn't work for me. And there's just none of those really memorable lines. Like Biggie has memorable lines in Give Me The Loot all day. Like I wish we could just talk about Give Me The Loot. (laughs) <laughs> he's just got like you know lines and when I rock and drop her I'm taking her to knockers and if she's resistant bucka 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 like yeah. he does stuff like that and it adds taste it adds contrast and it adds like different parts to it and Big L didn't have this here he just didn't have that same you know pizzazz he didn't have that same aura about him it just felt like he was almost ticking ticking the list like this is something I can do and I can do it well but it just didn't have that same care um and so because of that I gave it three stars just because when I compare it to Biggie's I'm listening to Biggie's every day of the week and Danny you also reminded me you know tonality wise it just it just doesn't feel as fun and Biggie's Mm -hmm. feels really fun and yeah. there's something about that when you're talking about robberies and you're talking about shooting people, like there's something about a lighthearted way that kind of lets you get away with it. When it's too serious, there's that, you're treading that boundary of like, I'm not sure if this is a joke or not anymore. Yeah, mm. and he takes it too far. Like he's being too serious and then takes it too far. Like, you know, Prodigy, he, he's fully, you know, serious all the time, but he's not killing women. He's not killing his wife. He's killing other people who deserve it in his mind. You know, gangsters and shit. Yeah. Big L's killing his wife. I and laughing weird. about it. Yeah. Like, I get it. I, I understand he's trying to make a joke at the end. It just doesn't pay off because of how serious the the whole track is until that point. Yeah. Like, his pers- the personality isn't there for him to take that turn. He doesn't do that enough. So, yeah, I just think that... that isn't the depth in this track that we would probably have wanted. Oh, I feel like a, yeah, I'm a sociopath now, then aren't I? <laughs> it was a test. We got you. We got, we're committing him. I literally didn't even think about it. I was like, yep, this is a, I literally said this is a perfect track. <laughs> well, there's a similar one coming up. Yeah. About each of their own. Like, you know, this worked for you, but like, I love the give me the loop from Biggie, so I couldn't help but compare them. And that's why it kind of, the direct comparison hurt Big L in this. Yeah. But moving into track eight, the enemy map. Do you want to take this one or shall I? I bloody will because this is a slight step down from the previous. Oh, how dare you. Um, so the last one was five stars. This is a four-star track. Um, and it's it's solid. Like, it's got a menacing beat. It, it's got a nice hook and hard verses from both Big L and Fat Joe. 
But the cake does go to, go to Big L still, even though Fat Joe does impress me. Um, I also loved the outro. I made a special note to myself to, to mention the outro because it was just really like makes you think like, what would I do if a vicious enemy suddenly started coming at me, armed <laughs> to the teeth and ready to kill me? Like, what would I do? Yeah. So it was just really cool. My favorite lyrics are, I'm through with that illegal life. I'm staying legit. I love to see cars coming, cruising by and playing my shit. Yeah, that's like, that's, imagine that. Like, you've like made an album and then like you're just walking down the street and you hear other people playing your stuff from their cars. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a solid song. That's why for me, it's four stars. Do you know what it was about, Matt? The enemy. Yeah. I do not. Because I feel like you missed the the big thing here. So the enemy is about the police. So mm. this track is all about racial profiling, police misconduct towards minorities. And yeah. I feel like you missed that. But when you listen to this song, going back and seeing that, it changes what, like, what it is. Because, I mean, we talk about this week in, week out in every podcast. In every mm-hmm. single podcast, and it drives me insane that we have to talk about it because it still goes on and it's still happening. Like in the United States, there's another, you know, African American got shot, and I just, it's crazy. This came out in 2000, and Big L rapped about this for in in 1997 to 98. Like that's when he, like it, I think this song was actually 98 or 97. Sorry that it came out. So 23 years later, same problems. So just drives me nuts. I just can't understand how hard it is to treat people like people. Um, But anyway, leaving that aside, I was so excited to hear another DJ premiere beat because after the shit that we've kind of gone through in terms of beat wise, we needed someone to step up and Primo did exactly that. And it's dark, it's ominous, it's just perfectly crafted to suit this track. I just, like, every time it comes on, it sounds perfect. I wouldn't change anything about this beat. Um, But what's interesting is Fat Joe, because, Danny, on our last podcast, we said that in Twins, in Capital Punishment, Fat Joe was arguably out-rapping big pun Mm -hmm. this is the exact time that this track was recorded this is the exact time that he put lay down his verse he laid down this verse in 97 and capital punishment Mm -hmm. was recorded from 1997 to 98 so if Mm -hmm. you think about timing wise fat joe was at his best when this came down and fat joe in an interview later said that like because he went gold on his own album dom cartagena and then Mm -hmm. Big L apparently said, I need you on my record and I want you to know I'm going to rip you down and take all your fans. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, I'm going to take all your fucking fans. You went gold. I need them. Yeah. And then that made um, uh, Fat Joe put everything into this track because Big L <laughs> literally said to him, I'm going to take all your fans and I want them all and I'm going to destroy yeah. you. So that's yeah. just so funny to me that Big L was like, 
you know, laying it down. He was just going, I'm not pulling any punches. I want to take all your fans. Mm-hmm. I love that about Big L. And this song yeah. delivers on exactly what it sets out to do. Like, mm-hmm. it literally goes through and says all the ways police, you know, pick on them and the shit that happens. And it's just really real. Um, Like, and that's, Matt, what you said is like, I love to see cars come cruising by and playing my shit. Because it's like, you know, he got pulled over by the cops and then a car drives by and it's playing his music. And it's just like, it's crazy. But to me, the standout is Fat Joe. Fat mm. Joe is amazing here. His delivery is so good. And I love how he starts. He's like, <laughs> hey, yo, enough's enough. Federal's trying to set me up, put me in cuffs and crush. And what I lost into dust. He just has this delivery. Like he's, he's literally at the peak of his powers. And then at, at the very end, but it's the same old Joe, so don't get KO'd. Hey, yo, I'm going to fry for what I never did or catch a heavy beard. Why didn't they just let an N live? Mm. Why don't they just let him live? Um, but, yeah, oh, so good. This I love this track, and this is five stars every day of the week. Mm. Even on Sunday? Especially on <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> hey, yo, enough's enough. <laughs> Um, yeah, nah, literally, literally, you said every single thing I was going to say, Aaron. Sorry. Um, yeah. But hey, yo, enough's enough. I just love that. I just love, yeah, just the way he comes in. That's, that is like the line of the album for me. Hey, yo, enough's enough. Just, oh, I can't. Every time he comes in. So good. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'll go over, like, you know, dot points. Like, just the primo, sinister, grimy beat. Um, yes, the hatred for the police. It's all there. Um, you know, they're, they're talking about how they've actually gone completely legit now, yeah. but the cops still harass them anyway. Like, they're not even doing illegal shit anymore, and the cops are on their ass. Except um, killing their wives on the last track. Excuse me? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, my favourite big L line was actually, listen, Columbo, you're mad because your money comes slow and what you make in a year, I make in one show. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Fat Joe, he kills it, kills it. I thought this was going to be a controversial opinion, but no. Fat Joe definitely has the best verse on the song like his delivery he's so aggressive and he just talks that street shit so well yeah. and i like the con i like the context you brought like same time as twins and i've always thought my my opinion was controversial that he even could have beat big pun on twins but like he's he's shown it again so he's underrated Definitely underrated at this particular moment in time. He moves away heavily from this type of music. Like yeah. he just after Big Pun dies, he moves right away from it. He just, I feel yeah. like something died in him as well when Big Pun died. Like it's yeah. well, he was also involved with with Big L like heavily. Yeah. Like they were in a group together. Ditc was a group, 
and Fat Joe and Big L were part of that group. They were a, in a group together is how close they were. Um, so, yeah, he, he's underrated. And even, like, I'm pretty sure, you know, the last track on the album features Fat Joe again. Yeah. And I think that one was recorded a little bit later. Definitely was. Than, yeah, and you can tell. Yeah. You can tell. But here he is on fire. Um, I don't think crafting hooks is one of Big L's strengths. No. This, this one's pretty generic, and you're going to see that throughout this album. Big L's hooks are no good, but that's what's going to make this a four-and-a-half-star song. But, yeah, it's fire. Yeah. Still disappointed it's four-and-a-half, but... But yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, the other two primo songs are better, in my opinion. And we'll get to those. Moving on to track nine, Fall Back. Danny, do you want to kick this one off because I stole your whole review? Yeah. Um, so outside of those primo songs, like this is probably the first decent beat we've gotten so far. Yeah. I've never heard of Shomari before, but he provides a beat that is actually fun to listen to and has some flavor to it. It's actually like a low-key banger in a way. Yeah. And that high energy of the instrumental is equally matched by the verses from Big L and Cool G Rap. Um, Big L maybe, you know, has one quotable line where he goes, um, hey yo, I heard you single. You better make a whole new song. If they said that shit is hot, then they told you wrong. <laughs> That's just a cold way to begin your verse. Other than that, though, his verse is just mostly about money, cars, and clothes. So, you know, not too impressive lyrically. But he was he was flowing, and you know he sounded good. So, but I expect more from Bigger. Yeah. But then. Cool G Rap comes in, he gets he, he performs a very wordy hook, but his verse is fire. Yeah. And he is he is one of the OGs of that multi-syllable rhyme style, and it's on full display here. He absolutely kills it on this song, but it kind of sucks that Big L, you know, keeps getting outshined on his own shit. Mm-hmm. And like we were saying earlier, it's probably something to do with the fact that, you know, posthumous album and, you know, they get to, they they understand the importance, the significance of this album, like Cool G Rap and, and Fat and well, not, not Fat Joe, but Big Daddy Kane and, um, you know, coming on, you know, they know Big L's dead. They want to bring their best. And like they're getting some unreleased scraps from Big L. Yeah. So they're obviously gonna outshine him, and it's kind of sad to see. But but G Rap he goes so hard. I love the line. Um, New York living, got an N four fifth lifting. Send you as a gift to the mortician if you forfeit living. My fortune is forbidden. I say it one time before spitting, then I leave your forehead dripping. Yeah, yeah, I had that, that as well. Is nasty dog <laughs> um yeah so i'm giving this one also four and a half stars just because you know once again 
big L is getting outshined. It's, it's you know they've they've pulled out a an average one from his from his unreleased catalog. Hey boy, you're up. My turn, boys. Boys. Oh, this is where it falls, starts falling down. It's a slippery oh. slope from here, boys. Yeah, yeah. Cool G rap stinks. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a three-er for me. Yeah, oh. this song sucks. Now nah, this song's trash, dog. The combination of the beat and Cool mm. G Rap's flow does not work at all for me. I agree. I agree. Neither. I can't tell if you're joking or not. <laughs> Why would I be joking? I just praised him to death. Neither does the wordy hook. The beat itself I do like, especially the brass instrument incorporated into it. Um. Big Al's verse is better purely because I think he flows far better with the beat. That being said, I do prefer some of Cool G Rap's lyrics. Like, have y'all ends running for home base like Babe Ruth. Have you holding holes in your body like you play flute. Um, I thought <laughs> that, was, that was quite humorous. I love that line. But just as Aaron has said on the last album we reviewed, yeah. um, with whoever it was we were reviewing, it just doesn't like he doesn't catch the beat and like the like correct timings. Like he yeah, just he's trash. He sounds yeah, like shit. He actually sounds like garbage. He's completely off. You're right. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. I think Cool G needs to go back to the drawing board on this one. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He needs to learn how to rhyme again for sure. Yeah. So three stars for me, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That is so fair. That is very fair. As much as Danny is taking the Mickey out of uh of Matt, I'll I'll, I'll... Nah, he's right. He's right. I'm wrong, he is right. That's just gotta live with that now. <laughs> yeah, so you live with that, Danny, you process that. But um I think, you know, Danny, you're right in the sense that this is the the best beat that we've had other than DJ Premier, in the sense that um, it's just nice. It's boom bap. It's got some trumpet, and it works. It's upbeat. It's light, and I think it contrasts with the lyrics well. And I don't agree with you, Matt, that Cool G rap doesn't work here. I think he kills it. He carries this track, and I'm surprised, Matt, you didn't quote Big L's uh, one liner. When I hit honeys, she felt the dick in her tummy. That just <laughs> seems like an absolute Matt line to me. Um, yeah, I, I think like Danny said, this is cool G rap. Like he does such a good job. Like, you know, that line, have you holding holes in your body? Like you play flute, lay you down till you get found up in a sprayed coop, prepare for the takeover, give you a face makeover, the CD of row, the sheet draped over, be found on the block with the street taped over or coming out of, out of. Deep coma, your speech made slower. That is multi-syllable rhyme shit right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that the hook is a little bit too wordy and at the end of the track it repeats four times, which is like two times too many as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so the bar's a nasty dog. Um, you know, in the hook I do like that it's almost like a mini verse, leaving big holes with small gats have them all fallen where the wall at. Like they just shot them and they fall where they're at the wall. Um, but purely because I think the hook, too much of the hook 
And you're right, Danny, Big L is just, it's a little bit upsetting in the, in the sense that, you know, they haven't chosen his best verse. They've just, they've let someone come in, hear Big L's verse, and then they absolutely murder it on their own shit. So good job to, to Cool G Rap. But overall, <laughs> I'm also giving this four and a half stars. Yeah. But look, at the end of the day, Matt's right. Cool G Rap is trash. And we just Correct. have to accept that. We just have to Correct. accept that and move on. We're going to learn from this, Aaron. We're going to learn from our mistakes. We're going to learn from Matthew. And I think I think Cool G Rap did it intentionally because he knew Big L was passed. So he's like, I'm going to fuck this shit up. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That does make a lot of sense. He's right. He's right again. Well, Matt, you were right on that one. We were wrong. So I'm going to give you <laughs> first first go at track 10, flamboyant. And to be honest, I think this word suits you to a T. If there's Ooh. any way I could describe it, it's flamboyant. So I think this track is all yours, baby. Ooh. Affectations, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No one is- gets that, though. No one gets that. No, no, I don't want them to get that. Um, <laughs> this is, this is it's, 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 as I said, it's a bit of downhill from here for a while for me. Um, it's, it's a softer and smoother beat on Flamboyant um, than the previous song, if that's what you're into. Big Al is essentially giving a shout out to his label here and spitting about how he's a boss. And we've sort of got a bit of that already. So it's not like anything new. Um, it's okay, but not content I was particularly moved by because I've already heard this shit before. Um, I'll give it a pass purely for the beat and the nice background vocals. I like that. That made me feel good. Mm -hmm. So this is another three star track in my opinion. Short and sweet, huh? Very short. Not much to say about it actually, that one. Not much to say when a song is this shit, huh? Correct. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, you're not too far off, to be honest. I mean, the instrumental is pleasant enough. It has that vocal sample, like you said, which I always look forward to hearing. Um, At this point in the album, though, I'm really starting to miss the big L from that first album. Like, for the most part, his punchlines just aren't hitting nearly as hard as they were on the first album. Where's the big L? that said, step to this and get shanked up. I knocked out so many teeth, the tooth fairy went bankrupt. Yeah. Mm. Where's that? Where's that big L? Where's the big L that said, if you battle L, you picked the wrong head. I smash mics like cornbread. You can't kill me. I was born dead. Where's that big L? Where's the big L? Yeah. Where's the big L that said, Big L is that N you expect to catch wreck on any cassette deck. I'm so ahead of my time, my parents haven't met yet. Where is that Big L? He is nowhere to be found on here. I struggled to pull out any killer bars on this track. And there's also this weird thing that happens at the end of his first verse where he says, yo, I'm out. I done look. I done took up enough time at the end of the first verse. Like the song is over. Yeah. Yo, I'm out. I done took enough time. But then there's a second verse. Yeah. So, whoever put this song together, clearly he he 
was not involved in putting it together at the end. They stuffed it up. The sequencing of the verses alone just makes no sense. Um, and then in the second verse, I guess there's one punchline where he says, so pal, back up a bit. Give me some elbow space. I represent Harlem world, not Melrose Place. I like that a little bit, but, you know, nothing on the level of the shit I was saying before. There's just nothing special about this song. This is not a song I would ever point to and say, this is why Big L is one of the best rappers of all time. There's no way I would ever say that. It's just okay. It's average. It's good. I don't even know if it's good. It's okay. It's three and a half stars. Yeah, he's done it. He's bloody done it again. What's interesting is that this track is called Flamboyant, and obviously his, his record label is Flamboyant Records. So it's just interesting that they chose this track as to rep- to represent, you know, his mm. label. Like, again, yeah. just like strange name choice, but this album, this track, sorry, um, was actually Big L's biggest hit, reaching number yeah. 39 in the Billboard Hot 100 for <laughs> three weeks in June of 2000. So it did have, like, commercial success if you – look at, you know, Big L's overall works in terms of the Billboard Hot 100. But if I go back to Big L's aim, I don't think he rated his music based on the Billboard Hot 100. Mm. And, like, yeah, at first, like, this beat felt like it could have been, like, a dedication to the ladies, like it had that kind of sound. But I was glad to hear that it wasn't. And Big L is smooth. Like, he is smooth and I like that scratched book. But you're right, I don't think he's at his best. He has some nice lines. Like, he says, where are we? Oh, time is money, so I stay late. I'm quick to slide a playmate, bust off like a tray eight, then vacate. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, that's what 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 Matt thinks of that. Just sneezes. No longer is the the tumbleweed, it's the sneeze. No. (laughs) I'm allergic allergic to bars. Yeah. Oi, but, he also, got him. but he also says, I'm dumb hot, I'll wreck you and your young flock, keep the gun cock, represent one block, 139N, the danger zone, we quick to put a bullet in a stranger's dome. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Are you, are you saying these lyrics like, whoa? Or what no, I just, I just think they're good. I think they have some redeeming factors. I don't think this yeah. is perfect, but I think it does have a little bit of redeeming factor in it. And for that, I gave it four stars yeah pretty sneeze worthy if you ask me like i'd, I'd probably <laughs> sneeze at this track if i heard it uh, what i love is matt sneezed four times and i gave it four stars <laughs> hey it was meant that to was be done. that was intentional by the way yeah yeah we, yeah. we synced up mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god uh, i'm good <laughs> <laughs> he's got coronavirus oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's not a joking matter, Aaron. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Track eleven: Casualties yeah. of a Dice Game. Johnny. Uh, Aaron. Take it away. What do you want? I want you to tell me about this. You kind of uh, hinted at this when we were talking about the heist. Yeah, I like giving little hints. You know, I like giving little clues, little yeah. tidbits. Hey, a couple of sneezes here and there, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely, I know what you mean. <laughs> All right, you better not sneeze at this one, mate. Oh, I won't. 
Um, so, guess what? We got another bloody Ron Browse beat. <laughs> Need I say more? Um, yeah. Yeah, nothing special. Nothing special, beat-wise anyway. But of the two storytelling songs, I do prefer this one. Um, like, this is just another really, it's still another, you know, dark, grimy story. And it's told in, like, you know, really vivid, realistic detail. It's very similar. Yeah. But I just, he, you know, this one's, you know, there's not as many problematic story elements, which is which is why it's better. I mean, I just love how he's on the verge of death for most of the song. And, you know, he's been shot up. He lost the use of his right arm. He's bleeding out. And in his final hours, he chooses to take revenge on the on the friend who wouldn't back him up. Yeah. And then dies after a final shootout with the cops. Um I just and I also love the final image of him throwing his money up in the air once he realizes that it's all over and he's about to die. Yeah. It's just all it's just cool imagery throughout the whole song. It's really great storytelling. It's not the kind of story you often hear in hip hop of like, you know, going out in flames and just the details he adds, just like the fact that his arm was, you know, fucked up he had to grab the gun with the left and, yeah. and just all these little things just added up to something cool but um you know i love big l's contribution but the beat ron browse just so mediocre i'm giving this one four stars oh we synced up oh sinky <laughs> let's jump in the sink mate <laughs> aaron how many stars you give it four stars Whoa! We all synced oh, up. Hey, they call us the Sync Boys. <laughs> no one Correct. calls us the Sync Boys. Don't they know. call us oh. In Sync. Hey. hey! Well done, Matt. All right, Sneezy, let's go. <laughs> all right. Actually, I, I wrote the, the least about this track out of all the tracks on this album. Really? Because you did a really short one before. Mm. I know. This is, <laughs> this is how much you love the album. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, it's not as good as the heist. It's it's plain and simple. The heist. Well, it's plain is, and simple is better than the heist. But go on. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? So this is a lesser story rap song compared to the heist, but it's still dope. I enjoy how Big L just flows from start to finish with no interruptions, and all of the things that Danny mentioned with the, the throwing the money in there. It's very visual. You can see it all happening. That's something that Big L is is I think possibly known for. Um, after listening to this album, his stories are very vivid and well told. And well, he's not known for that, but go on. Well, he I think he be should known. be because let it be known, let it be known that Big L is is a poet and a storyteller. Um, so the casualties of a dice game is not a five star track because that was the heist, but this is a four star track. The end. Sean Sweet, he's in and out, but I'll yeah. I'll pick kick. Uh, pick up where Matt left off. <laughs> you couldn't find a you couldn't find a word to replace jump, could you? No, but I found kick oh, in the end. But yeah. uh, it's not as good. No, similar to the heist in the sense that it reminded me of Biggie. This track, "Casualties of a Dice Game," reminds me a little of "Children's Story" by Slick Rick. Oh. Uh, yeah, I see that. Because 
this is a story about someone who's like getting into more and more shit and like you're following their journey of decisions they make. And I like mm. that this is a track that has more decisions. But again, there are little touches that Slick Rick has in his uh, in his story track compared to this one that aren't as good. Like there's little things like, you know, when he kills the dude, there's no sound of the gunshot. Like I feel like the production, they could have added little things like, you know, when he crashed or when he like screeched his tires, they could have added those sounds and they would have made this crisper. But it, it's, it's weird because it feels like they underproduced some tracks and overproduced others, you know, and this just is better than the heist in my opinion. Um, I just prefer the story. I like the idea of someone who like just at some point goes, oh, fuck this shit and just goes absolutely crazy. And like at the end of the story, he sees kids everywhere and throws the money up in the air and, you know, dies as like kids see a bloodied up dude who got shot. Like I just, the story is more entertaining in this one and the imagery is great and the bars are just better. Like he... He walked up to the car in the, and the creep was stuck in the seat, looked at him, shook my head, then started bucking my heat. Like you can just see that imagery. He walks up to the car and he just sees him and you just start shaking your head. I think this was a good track. I don't think it's his best and it's not the best story track we've heard. And for that, again, four stars. Wait, you said it was the best story track. No, it's, no, it's the best on this album, but it's not uh. the best I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for that, it's four stars. Yep, correct. But here we go. Track 12, Platinum Plus. Our man DJ Premier is back. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take this one, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, but I know you're going to say everything I'm going to say. All right, well, then you go for it. No, 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 you go. All right. You go. Because this, the, they titled this perfectly. Platinum Plus is exactly how I feel about this track. The mixing and the mastering from DJ Premier to the multi-syllable rhymes from Big L and Big Daddy Kane was amazing from start to finish. I have no critiques on this. But interestingly, Primo actually wanted Jay-Z on this track. Hmm. So apparently when DJ Premier was asked about it, he said that... They already had Big Daddy Kane on the album and he gave Jay, Jay-Z the reel about a month in advance. And then he was calling his assistant and she was like, he's going to do it, he's going to do it, it's at the studio. And she was telling him the same thing over and over. And then there was the, just this day he saw Jay-Z's assistant and she was still like, she was like, oh, the reels aren't here. And then she went to go to the bathroom and Primo opened the drawer and the reels were still in there. And so they had the reels and they never did it. And apparently that's part of the reason why Primo never did a full album with Jay-Z because apparently he was supposed to do the Black album as well with Jay-Z. But Jay-Z yeah. said to Primo, he, he was like, Primo, I need two weeks where you're not working on anything. And Primo was like, I can't do it. He was so busy that he couldn't give Jay-Z two weeks without working on anything else. Wait, but, but was DJ Premier, like, salty at Jay-Z? Is that what you're saying? Apparently I've heard he was a little bit, but it obviously didn't go any further than that. But 
that's what he said as to why, you know, Jay-Z wasn't on this. And so the, the option was there. It would have been cool to see Jay-Z, you know, on a big L track and with Big Daddy Kane. But I think, you know, even though Jay-Z is not there, Big Daddy Kane does an amazing job. And this beat is definitely in the running for the best beat of the album. Um, and, yeah, this track, every time it comes on, I'm loving it. Big L is talking gangster shit. Um, and I love in the hook where Big L starts and Big Daddy Kane finishes each line. Like, I just love that in a hook. Um, <laughs> and just the, the Big L rhyme scheme with the O-O. Yo, I'm straight <laughs> to hell with you and your broco. You ain't a big dog. You're more like Toto. I love that. Yeah. That's my favorite, That's my favorite line. Yeah. You got no dough. I smoke dro mixed with cocoa, strong as bolo. I pack full, full platinum row, row. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> That's it. That's all I had. I didn't want to take it. No, 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 no. I pack a fofo platinum row, row. Come on. Don't finish it. Come on. No, you finish it. Are you playing coy? Are you, are you yeah, scared? Yeah, I'm very scared. He's a koi fish. Matt, are you going to finish it? I'll finish it. All right, finish it. No, nah, I can't finish it. <laughs> Oh man, you guys! Uh, Anti homo, that's no no. So fuck popo. I push the seven four <laughs> oh and not the Volvo. C town push the six oh oh. I'm with a bitch or I'm dolo. Trip. I like how you. I like how you breezed past. Hey, shut it! <laughs> <laughs> I like how you breezed past the line. Yeah, well, he's 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 not a fan of of uh, gay people, um, homosexuals. He's not a fan. But, you know, we've seen so many rappers. How many rappers do we disagree with their, their views? Like, I just, I just, yeah, I, I don't think it needs to be said. But You're going you're gonna to give him a pass, are you? Well, I'm not giving him, he's dead, so it's hard for me to hate him on that. Yeah. Like, you know. But if he was alive, you would hate him. I wouldn't hate him. I'd just say I disagree with you strongly. Much like I disagree with the anti-vax stuff with Royce to 5-9. I just disagree with what they think and... Um, you know, this was at a time where it was less acceptable. Um, yeah. Oh, that's why I chose, I would have rather not quote it, but you made me quote it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you, you called me out. But anyway, um, I also love Big Daddy Kane. He's like, <clears throat> pardon me, but I'm fucking sick with it. Oh, you, I yes. love that. I knew you were going to say everything I wanted to say. I love it. It was just the perfect line. Oh, it's just so good. He killed it. Like, this is how you come in, and I know he did it after Big L, but Big L lays it down on this. This is a verse that he doesn't hold back. Like, Big L's really good. Um, but, yeah. But who wins? I'm going to say Big L wins. What? Yeah. Nah, you're a fool. You're a fool. But this is five stars, baby. And if they only made tracks like this, I would be so happy. So bloody happy. Yeah. Well, yeah, if... If DJ Premier made every track, you'd be happy. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I Like I predicted, you literally said every single thing I was going to say, you son of a bitch. When you're right, you're right. <laughs> 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 yeah. Like, you know, Primo, classic beat. Um, I like the scratched vocals for the hook. Uh, no, no, no. Not for the hook. Wait, where, where was the scratched vocals? Because there was a hook that they performed. Maybe at the start there were scratches. I yeah, think. at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Because like there's a beat change. He, like, does a fake out. 
Yeah, I was going to say that as well because that is so primo, the the fake out. He does that so much, but I love it. Um, Yeah, I agree. Big L, he's really energetic. I like his flow. Um, The Toto line is is really funny. Mm. Um, Aaron's favorite line, I pack a fofo, platinum roro, anti-homo, that's a no-no. That's Aaron told me that was his favorite line, but whatever. It's unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's just funny hey you just can't say that shit these days but you know back yeah, then hilarious. absolutely hilarious <laughs> no, i'm just saying like yeah, you know was- you can you can say it actually like you know you can say it but you have to be you have to make it very clear in your tone and everything that you're joking like he's obviously not joking when he's saying that he, he that's the sad part. earlier in a different track like he's you know, he's against, you know, guys wearing drag as well. Like, he doesn't mm. joke about it. Yeah, but he is so explicit here. Yeah. Like, there's no way around it. Yeah. But whatever. Um, yeah. And, and you know, let's. I don't know how Big L stole the show. Big Daddy Kane stole the show. He is so good on this song. His flow is incredible. Like, he's another one of those <laughs> legendary... Hey, Sneezy, what's going on, Sneezer? <laughs> Big coffin, Sneezer, hey there. Oh, uh, um, yeah, but Big Daddy, he's um, yeah, he's like on the level of Rakim, KRS-One, Cool G Rap. He is, he is that class of legendary. Yeah, but he sounds just so fresh on here, even though this is like twenty years old. But um, yeah, he's even got lines. He's got like heavy with styles that's the deadliest. Cats on that petty shit. Watch how much Letty get. Just nasty, yeah. dog. And, um, yeah, that cough at the end. Oh, it's just such a good way to end the end the uh, song, end the yeah, verse. welcome. Yeah. But that, oh, it reminds me of this. There's this video of a, of a Big Daddy Kane performance on YouTube, and he's, he's just, like, performing a song and, and everything's going normal. And then he, he, he fumbles and he drops the microphone from his hand and the whole crowd's going like, Ooh, like, Oh no, that's, that's awkward. But it, he picks it up and it was actually part of the show. And he, and he, he kicks it. And he's like, he says something like, even when I drop the mic, I still sound good. And he goes back into it and, and the crowd goes nuts the crowd goes nuts like you have to watch that video because he's such a performer and i've seen other videos where he's just like he's all about performance like he does like literally he'll like be rapping and then just do a backflip like in the middle of his of his raps literally yeah so yeah he's a class act and and yeah he he's definitely for me steals the show and this is 100 percent five stars correct Let's go, Sneezy. Sneezy Coffer, let's go, mate. Looks like it's Sneezy turn. <coughs> Sorry about that. Are you sick with it? Hey, good one. <laughs> Have, uh, you got the rainer? Come on. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Can I just say Big Daddy Kane, hey? Uh, you can say it, but you have to follow it up with something. Yeah. All right. Okay. How good is Big Daddy Kane? Well, according to Aaron, he's not that good. Well, I didn't say he's not that good. This is a five-star track. Well, Big L's like better than him. Don't know how. But... How good that intro of DJ Premier? <laughs> <laughs> Keep asking us questions. Yes, that. Yes. Um, how, how good, good is, is? Yeah. How good is mm-hmm. the anti-homo one? The first hook. Big L like is like 
spitting it. And then on the second hook, it's Big L and Big Daddy Kane both together because they both done a verse. Mm, that is so good. Keep going. How good <laughs> is you ain't a big dog, you more like Toto. Yeah, that's, and, that is very good. Yeah. That is very good. How good is right hook is like Joe Frazier's. I'm the bodacious. Body parts are big. I'm like Schwarzenegger's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say that. Oh. Yeah, no, because no, you don't no. like Big Daddy Kane. That's why. You- um, how good is that beat? How good is that? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And how deserving is this of five stars? <laughs> very. There you go. Review done. <laughs> that was good. I liked that. Let's be more experimental next time, please. That's good. <laughs> Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's keep it. Do you, know, you want to give us like a, a, a full sentence, Matt? I mean, you've done it, but we. Matt, I like that. What are you talking about? That was actually good. <laughs> he said everything he liked about it. Yeah. That was, that was literally everything yeah. I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in those words how good was no but that's yeah. why it was good when he goes off script it's funny <laughs> he does go off script a lot yeah. <laughs> alright moving on That we all got five stars there so well done uh, to DJ Premier Big Daddy Kane and as always Big, Big L uh, thank you track 13 who you sliding with Aaron, your transitions have been horrendous, to be honest. As in, you haven't even done them. You tried it once and failed, and now you're embarrassed. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who are you sliding Uh, with, Aaron? I'm going to take this one. Uh, You take it. You take it. Come on, Sneezy. Let's go. How good is... No, no, no. (laughs) Um, The first thing that came to my mind after listening to this was... Like you brought, I don't know whether you're going to disagree with me or not, but I'll say it anyway. That hook is so catchy. Like I love this hook. Um, <clears throat> one of my faves on the album so far. Come on coffee. Um, <laughs> and got a fun beat to match the content of the lyrics. Um, it's obviously a song for the ladies that is I it? probably, I probably I don't think skip, it is. I would skip in the future. Um, <laughs> The pass I'm giving it is for the hook and the beat. They were my two favorite parts of this song, but also this particular lyric. I asked Honey her name, and she told me Celeste. She had big breasts. Honey had me harder than a Spanish test. (laughs) (laughs) There's another one that I've got that is a thought of you, Matt. Really? That's the only line I got out of the whole big old verse. No. But for the pass, I'm giving it three stars, this song. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Just above average. Yeah. yeah. Eh, 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 eh. Well, let me say my piece. Um, the beat is kind of funky, but it still sounds like it was made by like some amateur beat maker when it's actually produced by Pete Rock, so that's kind mm. of sad. Um, and this is the kind of braggadocious rap that I don't like. Like bragging about how good you are with the ladies and how many chicks you've slept with and how irresistible you are to the opposite sex. Like that kind of shit just makes me cringe. Um, If I had to pick a line from Big L, it would be that one that you said, the Spanish test. Like it's, it's, It's kind of funny. It's actually kind of funny. 
But then uh, the big Stan Spit returns. Yeah. Uh, to hit us with some real misogynistic shit. Just like, bitch, this, ho, that. The way he says it, though, it's just so unpleasant to listen to. Yeah. And he he name drops a lot of rappers like Jay-Z, Corrupt, Diddy. That stuff could have made for an interesting verse, but he just ruined it with his disgusting mouth. So it's just a horrible verse. And I'm not trying to say that Big L is a hero or anything, but, like, you know, the whole song has a creepy, misogynistic vibe to it. Yeah. But at least... When Big L refers to women in this song, anyway, he uses the words honey, miss, dame, dimes, girl, female, and chick. That's, that's nothing too offensive there. He never says bitch or hoe in this one, anyway. Stan Spit only refers to women as bitches and hoes in a really disgusting way. Yeah. Like, it sounds shit coming out of his mouth. Yeah. It's really bad. Um, Big L's hook. I don't know. You could probably, like, it's a big L hook, so you know what I think. I don't know what, what Matt was hearing, but big L does not know how to do hooks. He doesn't don't know how to do it here. Um, overall, this song stinks. Two stars. Yeah. I'm gonna, you, you mentioned a few things that I, I'm going to touch on as well, Danny. So uh, you pretty much took my whole review. Uh, no. Yeah. No. yeah. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. See, I say sorry, you say you're welcome. You see the difference? <laughs> um, but I feel like we we kind of felt this was coming. Big L does rap about sex and talk, rap about how big his dick is a lot. And I just felt like there would be a track, and this is, you know, classic hip-hop, but late in an album they have a track about how he sex well. Like, he just... <laughs> Like, he just has sex well, apparently. So, I mean, it's not my favourite type of content, but he is somewhat entertaining with some of the one-liners that he has. But here we go. the beat is okay. It's weird, and Pete Rock just hasn't really done anything special here. The hook as well doesn't do much. It's repeated twice. And, like, all right, you should just... Why does it need to be done twice? Like, I just would have preferred a scratched hook all day. And mm. before I get into Big L, Stan Spit is in my bad books because he ruined holding it down. And now he has such a weak verse. Not only is he calling these women bitches and hoes, but he's bitching about not getting any girls because they're yeah. all dating rappers like Puff and Corrupt. He <laughs> literally says, What's wrong with these hoes? I'm a fly N. Like, seriously? You're yeah. on a track with Big L and he's talking about how he gets all these girls and you're yeah. saying how you're not getting any girls because they're yeah. dating better rappers than you. Well, guess yeah. what? The only bitch, the only bitch around here is Stan Spick. Exactly. That's what I'm going to say. It's yeah. desperate and it's pathetic. It's embarrassing. I don't understand how this track got made with that shit on the track. Like, it is embarrassing. If anyone spoke to me like that, saying, oh, why aren't girls going for me? Well, they're dating all these other people. Well, mate, what do you expect when you talk like that? Like, <laughs> oh, it is embarrassing. He gets zero stars, and I will never listen to Stan Spit ever again because he fucked up, holding it down, he fucked up who you're sliding with. Like, this wasn't a great track to begin with, but, I mean, he just takes everything away from it. And at least Big Girl is somewhat funny, 
And he has a little bit of a story in the first verse. So, I mean, it's not content-wise. I don't love it, but I like the, the storytelling style. Um, and I also liked line, I only lay pipe to dimes. A lot of ends I know are taking care of kids that might be mines. Yeah, that's not bad, actually. And I just like the wordplay with dimes because a dime in America is 10 cents, so he only has sex with 10s. And that's also wordplay with Dame. So I like that that kind of wordplay. And the line that I thought Matt would also quote is, it's because of me why she's walking crooked and her throat hurts. Mm. That just seems to be like a Matt line. But, I mean, he does. he just has a couple of lines here or there. I don't think it's anything special. Disappointing follow-up to Platinum Plus, really, in terms of album structure, and I gave it two and a half stars. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to sing to the same song. I need to go listen to the lyrics again, clearly. Why? What'd you give it? Oh, I gave it three, but I didn't, like, I didn't pick up on any of that, like, other stuff you were saying. Yeah, because it just sounds normal to you. You call bitches and hoes yeah, all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, stop playing games. <laughs> he's done it. He's bloody done yeah. it. He's tried one. And it works. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, not bad, not yeah. bad. Track 14, Games. Yeah. Matt. Shall I? Oh, no, Danny, I Danny, you go. Yeah, I will, because let's, let's get this shit over with. Um, Big L's verse is painfully boring and uninspired on here. Like, his entire verse is just he meets a woman sleeps with her, and gets her pregnant. That's it. And my one-line summation was just as entertaining as his entire verse, which is to say, not at all. Like, the whole song is about how women only want men for their money and all the dirty tricks they're willing to play just to lock their man down. It's such garbage. It's actually such garbage. Sadat X's verse is, this is embarrassing, his verse is really embarrassing for so many reasons. He has this one line in particular where he says he had to hit his woman because she said something he didn't like. You just you just can't recover from a line like that. Like yeah, yeah yes, Eminem has has you know broached that kind of subject before, but you know he's joking. It's clear. Like he does, Eminem raps about murdering hundreds of women. Like that's obviously a joke. This guy Sadat X. He he's like, you know, you can tell it's not a joke, and it's and it's so whack. Um, then Guru's on here, unfortunately, and he has no choice but to stick with the concept of the yeah. song. So his verse is trash too. The hook is straight garbage. The beat is garbage. The song is garbage. One and a half stars. That's it. It's all downhill from here. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was. Aaron? I didn't think it was that bad like jesus i'm gonna i'm gonna say i can i can the beat feels playful so i i don't know i've never heard of this rapper y-s-a-e you say i'm gonna say and Mm. um as much as i would have preferred dj premiere considering gurus on this track i think you know the the vibe here is trying to go for more of a playful you know this is why you can't trust women I don't think it pays off though, because like I, I actually don't mind the hook. I think it's catchy in a way, um, and I think it suits the vibe. But uh, did you did you realize, Danny, that um, Big L says 
claiming she's pregnant with my child. I don't think that's quite foul. How's that? I wore a lifestyle, so I wore a condom. But yeah. obviously, Big L doesn't realize that you can still get girls pregnant uh, and wear a condom. So I feel like uh, he misses a point there. But I understand what he's trying to say. I just, I just find this a weird track because, like, he talks about how all all women want to do is you know take the money and like you know screw them over. And Big L clearly has mentioned in every track how he fucks people and has sex with people's wives and all that shit and throws them away and and treats them like shit. And then if the shoe's on the other foot and he's treated like shit, he doesn't like it. Obviously, Sadat X and Guru as well. But um, I, I do like the line from Guru saying, a lot of cats be beefing over these honeys. Not me. I keep it moving. They ain't getting jack from me. Mac these freaks for your own enjoyment. And one love to L. We're going to stay flamboyant. Yeah. I just like that end to the track. It's not partic- It's not as misogynistic as we've heard, as we've heard in this track. But I gave this two and a half stars, not one and a half. Hmm. Generous. Very generous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you should stop playing games, Big L. No one's winning. Hey, jeez, um, <laughs> he's good. He's bloody on fire tonight. This is a below-average song. This is not even mediocre at best. Ooh. The hook is boring, Ooh. as is the overall delivery of the lyrics, which are obviously distasteful. <laughs> I especially didn't like... Sadat X's sound or flow. Mm. Guru was probably the best in terms of delivery. Um, the beat was okay, but nothing special. Again, I would skip this song two stars. Baby, let's go. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> they tried in that one, but it really didn't pay off. No. Correct. It was real bad. And yeah. then the high street visited one star for me. I was just like, oh, shit. Mm. Like, we've gone from like, who are you sliding with three games to the high street visited one. I was like, oh, this is a bad way to finish this album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously we're, we're skipping the, the high street visited because it's already, we've already had it. Um, and we discussed it in track seven. It was just a shit second beat. And so now we're moving into track 16, Triboro. I think it's Triboro. Triboro. Yeah. Yeah. Spell Triboro. Well, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not how it's pronounced. So. No. I feel like Danny was going for something witty there and then he got halfway through. So I got, <laughs> no, I got stuck. Halfway through. Yeah, now you know what it feels like, Danny. Yeah. yeah. But Sue me. did you see my transition? Um, He didn't. Not really. Exactly. What was it? I said they tried there, and then we went into Triborough. He's done it. Jeez, I'm happy I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last track of the album, I'll take this one. Track 16, Triborough, um, and it's about the three different boroughs within New York. They talk about Brooklyn, Manhattan, Manhattan, aka Harlem, and the Bronx, the big boroughs of rap slash hip hop. Wait, is Manhattan Harlem? Well, Harlem's in Manhattan, I think. Yeah, but the borough is Harlem. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how it works. I'm not positive, but Manhattan's yeah. like 
the big, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I actually like this finish to the album, even though Big Gale doesn't finish it. I actually like that it's just we're going back to more of like a cipher type deal. Having said that, like, there's just a little bit that annoys me here. Um, I'll start with the good stuff though. So, um, I like the the sound. The beat is simple. It's clean. And I feel like there's there's something in the background. It's almost like a smooth vocal sample, but I feel like it's an instrument. I just can't put my put my finger on what it is. Um, and I just like like the beat. So well done to show on this. Um, and I think the hook worked here. I think Remy Ma, um, well Remy Martin, she's now Remy Ma, um, and OC go back and forth. I think it's catchy, but I think it happens too many times. I think that it's just so repetitive after a while, like, I get it. Like, I feel like they could have done it once or twice in between, like, you know, the first two verses and then at the back end as well. I don't think they need to do it between every single verse. Um, but it did feel like almost like a cipher between Big L, OC, Fat Joe and Remy Ma each having a verse. Um, and I just like they have a crack. Um, but I think Big L finishes pretty well. I think he, he finishes... Strong. He's not at his punchline best, but I think he does does some some good things. Like he says, knuckle knuckle gaze crumble in your glass jaw. Supreme figure, drink liquor. What team thicker? The big picture. Be the motherfucking theme and flamboyant forever. This is how it goes. Pray we don't clap your way when the gats explode. Mm. That just seems to work for me in terms of multi-syllable rhymes and just a bit of gangster shit. But he's he's not at his best. Like let's be honest, he's not. At his best, um, OC he goes hard, and I think he does a good job. He's got a smooth flow, and he's got some some nice some. He's got an amusing line. Let's just say the least. If I got one rubber, I'm gonna use it twice, which is fucking disgusting. But um, that's Big L, isn't it? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure that's is that OC or is that Big L? That's Big L. Oh, it's Big L. Ap- yeah. Apologies. Well, Big L. That's my that's my favorite line. Yeah, it's just is anyway. Um, and I also love the line, and I never walk the streets without the vest and the chrome, because all my jewels be rocky like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, it's that's okay. A good line. No, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not that good. Because he's got rocks, he's got diamonds, so they're rocky like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, but what what is wait wait what's rocky? Say the line again. Because all my jewels be rocky like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, because so I mean, what, what? Yeah, but what jewels? Diamonds. He's talking about no, all no, the no, jewels. No, no, no. I know that, but they're rocky as opposed to what? What else could jewels be? Well, they don't have diamonds in them. Yeah, he's just saying that they're all rocky because they have diamonds in them. That's all he's saying. Mm, I'm pretty sure all jewels are rocky, but whatever. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, well, you know, let's agree to disagree. But I wanted to talk about Fat Joe because you touched on it, Danny. But we can see a clear difference between the enemy Fat Joe and Triboro Fat Joe, because mm-hmm. this track was released um, in August of 2000, compared to uh, the enemy, which was in 1997. So three years have passed, and unfortunately, time has not aged Fat Joe well in the sense that his flow is not as sharp, his rhymes are not as sharp, and he just doesn't seem to have the same hunger as he did in the previous track. Um, 
having said that, he still says some gangster shit. Like he says, uh, I'm coke on the streets. I'm open for beef. I'm hoping you reach so we can go with the heat. I'm like an N that you just can't kill. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay, but it's not at his best. Um, and, you know, he also says that line like, God ends mad because they pay in while we fucking for free. And that's just funny to me. <laughs> um, and then we have Remy Ma, who, who actually is married to the rapper Papoose. Um, your man, your favorite rapper of all time. Yeah, I talk about him all the time. I've shared a video with you once and he's my favorite rapper of all time. <laughs> and you've shared many uh, songs with me. Yeah, a few songs. Um, but every time I share a few songs, it's my favorite rapper of all time. I have so many favorite <laughs> rappers of all time. Um, uh, but I think she does, she does well. Um, I think her flow sounds nice. Um, and she has that really good line. Psycho, make you want to change your whole mic flow. Floss it, giving bitches lyrical abortions. Stay cautioned, my first shit was just a little portion. I come back with more shit, playbacks and raw shit. You can't rock, so I'm going to just take your spot and make you forfeit. Mm. She actually does a really good job. She's talking some gangster shit. Um, but I am disappointed that Big L doesn't finish with a verse and it's Remy Ma and then a hook. And then you've got Big L's like, it's almost like an afterthought in the sense that he he says like an outro in a way and it's supposed to be like a tribute, but it should have been a standalone track. If it was a standalone track, it's a proper tribute. It's like, you know, the last time you hear Big L, but this just feels like it was an afterthought. And for that, I'm giving it three and a half stars. That's okay. nasty, dog. Is it? Mm. How nasty is it? Very nasty. Alright, explain. Nah, I'm gonna finish this album, you go. Oh, alright, yeah. Um, yeah, because I don't have much to say or add to that. I will say though that the, the, the strange thing for me with this song is that the beat feels very West Coast to me, which is really weird because they're fully repping the East Coast. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Matt, did you, did you pick up this on that is, or not? This is... Oh, it's a spoiler. It's a spoiler alert. A spoiler for your review you're about to say in two seconds. Yeah, this is my favourite instrumental on the whole album. No way. I wanted you to answer my question, though. Well, that answers it, doesn't it? I'm a West Coast head, and this beat for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's what I was getting at. Like, it's such a strange, strange choice that on the song where they really go out hard repping Brooklyn, Harlem, and the Bronx, they go over a West Coast beat. Makes no sense. Makes literally zero sense. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, yeah, the hook's decent. Yeah, I like It's not bad. Uh, um, anything Big L has done, so, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, the verses are pretty good. OC comes in pretty hard. Uh, I like his line... So much respect, I can lay dough on the floor, walk away and come back without cats running off. Mm. Just because, you know, I mean, you know, you just have to be a real OG to achieve that level of respect. So I just love the balls of, you know, (laughs) leaving 
a grand on the floor and no one touches it because they're so scared of you. That's that. That's cool to me. Um, Big Hell has a decent verse, but for me, nothing mind-blowing. That one line I did like, although the line that precedes it, I'm a slide with the telly and abuse your wife. If I got one rubber, I'm a use it twice. That's very funny, but you know, abuse your wife. Could have used a, a better word. You know, yeah, an alternate phrasing, uh, but still, still very funny. Um, not yet. You know, I said it before. Not as impressed with Fat Joe this time. He was way, way better on the enemy. Um, yeah. Time has not been kind, as you say. Um, Remy Ma, I think she's decent. Decent performance to close out the track. I think she sounds good, but for me, I didn't pick up on any lyrics. I didn't, I didn't think the lyrics were really there, but, you know, your ones were all right. Um, not the worst way to end the album. I'm not that nitpicky about, oh, Big L didn't have the last verse. Like, that's, you know, that's, that's an Aaron thing. That's not a me thing, but, you know, it's better. The thing about the song is it's way better than the majority of the shit on the album yeah. that we've heard. So I'm going to give it, four stars and that is the end of the album he's done it boys yeah and now close this bad boy out baby <laughs> like you'd love to do are you ready i am so ready let me just <laughs> are you ready mm. this instrumental is Uh-oh. fire fire f-i-r-e-d-o-p-e <laughs> The hook is probably my favourite on this entire album too. <laughs> and the verses are hard AF. Whoa, he's spelling again. Yeah. What a way to finish this album. I can't actually fault it. Okay. I particularly liked Big L's and Remy Martin's verses. A five-star finish without a doubt. My favourite lyrics are Big L's. And I never walk the streets without the vest and the chrome because all my jewels be rocky like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm not a fan. Seen any of the movies. <laughs> oh, you what? You've never seen Rocky before? No. Nah. You're missing oh, out. You're I love that movie. Yeah, that's Aaron's franchise. But, but the first movie is amazing. Yeah, and the fourth. Mm. I love the fourth one. No, it's, it's entertaining. It's very entertaining. One, two, three, and four are all, you know, one is actually a genuinely good movie and yeah. the other ones are like guilty pleasures. And then number five is the worst piece of shit ever made. Oh, horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. But next week we'll, we'll review the whole Rocky franchise. So, <laughs> <laughs> Now, but Matt, tell me, this song, Rem- the, the, the thing... Hold yeah, on, I have Martin's lyrics. The, she she oh. kills Big L. Really? Yeah, she kills him. She says, my shit drastic, all type of tactics, rip shit, flip shit, spit shit backwards, screw you, don't let the pretty face fool you, I kick shit like kung fu, and I jam like guns do. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like I don't that know. last bit. I don't like, but, yeah, I don't I don't like the jam. What, like gun. Yeah, you don't want your gun to jam. No, but you I, also don't. Why is she jamming? What's what's what is she? Why is she jamming? She jams as in like you, like get down to something like you can jam. Yeah, to it. that's corny. 
but you can also like jam because like you're pulling the trigger so fast that when you like pull the trigger, like your gun jams. Yeah, well, then it's not clever. Yeah. Either way, it's I don't like it. Yeah. Either way, this is a five star finish, and <laughs> this is the greatest album of all time. <laughs> no, but now uh, address my criticism of this is a West Coast beat, and the entire song is dedicated to the East Coast. I know, but that just goes to show that the West Coast is far superior to the East Jesus. Coast. Jesus, you hate like, the East Coast. Hip hop may have like started in the East Coast, but the West Coast perfected that shit. Jesus Christ! There's nothing harder than West Coast hip hop. I mean, <laughs> you've thrown some shit down today, Matt. You've so- thrown some absolute shit down today. Having a go at legends, having a go at you know East Coast hip hop. You are just not holding back. Your gun has not jammed today, son. Mm. <laughs> yeah, go on. Can you imagine what? Can you imagine what the game would do to Big L? He would tear him a new asshole. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, he can he can say that because he started on this album. He has not started with Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. If he started on the on the first album, he wouldn't be saying that. Yeah. This is like this is kind of like a bit poppy. Like it's I can see how it's like a bit more commercial, this album. But you love that. You love commercial yeah. stuff. Yeah, you you love, hate when love. they go underground. Yeah. That's why I like this album. That's why I gave it four stars. Yeah, you gave what you gave the album as a whole four stars. Album as a whole four stars. What? Yeah. Jesus Christ! I know you liked it that much. He had a lot of five yeah, star tracks. Big Al is my man. He's my new homie. Well, then you're really in for a treat because the first album is literally twenty times better than this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Matt, why don't you sum up with your favourite track and your – you've already told us your favourite beat and your quotable. My favourite song are two songs because they're essentially one because the transition was amazing. Oh, my God. It's Ebonics Yuck. and Size em Up Yuck. together as Yuck. one. They're not one. And If you had to choose, which one would you choose? I would choose Size em Up. Yuck. <laughs> And for my favourite lyrics, I would choose, you ain't a leader, what? Nobody followed you. You was never shit. Your mother should have swallowed you. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is very, very, very. That is my favourite lyrics. And that is from 98 Freestyle. Album complete. Done. Woo! All right, Danny. Mm. I actually didn't think about this ahead of time. I forgot this part. Um Favourite lyrics, obviously, Ask Beavis, I Get Nothing But Head. That is just ridiculous. <laughs> um, Favourite song is the intro. Mm. And favourite beat is probably also the intro. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Primo, just with this album without Primo would actually be dog shit. Yeah. Actual dog shit. And would you rate it? Primo saved it. Um, probably a three. Mm. If if not two and a half, but I'll go with three. Damn dog. Well, I'm gonna say that you know there are we've had some criticisms throughout the way, and I think part of it is the people who made this were were not adhering to Big L's vision, and I feel like that was a big part of why this album's a bit of a letdown. 
because I also feel like some of these beats just wouldn't have made the final cut. Um, but you're right, DJ Premier, absolutely, he everything he touched was gold. Like absolutely everything he touched was absolute gold. Um, my favourite instrumental was Platinum Plus. My favourite track, Platinum Plus. Um, and my favourite buzz, along with Ask Beavis, I Get Nothing Butthead, is You Ain't a Big Dog, You're More Like Toto. Yeah, yeah. that's actually good. The more I think about it. Overall, I found this one tough to, to give a final rating because I had a lot of five stars, especially early, and then it kind of fell out the back end a little bit. Um, and just because they kind of fucked it up in terms of album construction, that's my favourite go-to. There we go. Yeah, yeah, there it, he is. It's my catchphrase. But in terms of album construction, they kind of were all over the place here. I don't think they really had... That I don't think they achieved what they probably wanted to achieve and probably set out to achieve, which is a tribute to Big L. When you have a lot of rappers who do a better job than Big L does on his own tracks, it's not a tribute. Um, and for that, I'm giving this album three and a half stars. Yeah, I can see that. Which is disappointing. I wanted to give it more because I do love what Big L does, but there are just some real problems here with beat there's real problems with you know a lot of what they did and this is not a criticism of big l because he had nothing to to do with it he didn't make this this was everybody else so um yeah just a disappointing way to finish on one of the the greatest technical rappers one of the greatest punchline rappers ever Mm -hmm. what would you rate the first album five but oh no not five but four and a half as, as you were so quick. You were so quick to say five. five. Yeah, no, but but four and a half. The beats aren't as good. But yeah. I like I listen to those tracks because of Big L, and it's a mm-hmm. credit to Big L, and he chooses dog shit beats on that. But he makes dog shit beats sound good in a weird way. Yeah. Well, um, the thing, yeah, but the thing is, the beats on here were even more trash yeah. than ever before, and this time he could not even save the album this time yeah but he didn't like, even get to he didn't get he didn't wasn't given the opportunity to save them because he yeah didn't I know. hear them so it's like they chose some really strange verses of his it feels like they were scraping the bottom of the barrel like we were saying with it matt was saying at the very start like eminem would make an album and have a hundred songs on the cutting room floor and i'm sure if if big l had the chance to you know, be way more involved in the process and, and make way more songs, a lot of this shit would have been cut. A lot of this shit would have made the cutting room floor. Yeah. And instead, we got this album. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I don't think Stan Spit would have made the album. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Sounds like they, they might, have, might have been tight or something. They might have been. Maybe. Like, he, he got two spots. He got two placements on this album. He must have Yeah, but it could have been, you know, the people who made the album rather than, I don't know, it's just strange. You've got some real legends stepping up. Like, you've got... Yeah. And then you've got Stan Spit, and you're like, well, I don't know who the fuck that is. So, yeah, yeah, just strange choices, really. Yeah. But, like, I almost don't even consider this an actual Big L album in a way. Like, I wouldn't consider Born Again by Biggie an actual Biggie album. So... I almost don't even consider this a real big L album. So, yeah. 
Fair. Well, there you have it. That's Big L's posthumous album, the first posthumous album we've done. It's called The Big Picture. Uh, I wonder if the audience will agree. But, uh, yeah, it was. I think it was overall, it had some good, it had some real stinkers, but uh, it was, <laughs> was an interesting one to review and I'm glad we did it. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at the underscore slim fitty biggie committee and stay tuned for our next podcast. Bye for now.